I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, definitely no stranger to controversy, bionic. That is true. <laughs> we could all agree to that. And uh, it's a new week of the Future Quake Show. I'd like to say hi to all of our Futurians out there. Hey, what's going on, guys? And this is a very monumental show, not only for content, but in the fact that this show marks the beginning of our fifth year of continuous broadcast of the Future Quake Show. Well, I just don't know what to say to that. Continuous production in the long legacy of Future Quake. Wow. I, I don't know. I'm speechless. People have measured their life by the Future Quake show. Now, I seriously doubt key people points. have used, used the Future Quake show to measure their life. Yeah, it's key, key points in their life. They can remember where they were when they yeah. heard show 64 with Peter Goodgame. I was or, rolling this big donut, and then I heard Peter Goodgame's voice. Or something like that. And this big, big dude with a vest came on and... No, that's Pee-wee. Uh, it's wonderful to have you all here. This is a very serious show we have, actually. It's yes. a classic show for uh, what we're dealing with. Uh, we, we're going to have on Dr. Chuck Baldwin, who is the uh, uh, Baptist pastor, who actually was the presidential candidate of the Constitution Party, mm-hmm. um, the third largest party in the United States, mm-hmm. second only to the Republican Party in size. Uh, we went and covered uh, the... Constitution Party uh, convention last Indeed. April when he was yeah. nominated over Alan Keyes. And that is actually uh, uh, archived there at FutureQuake, is it not? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And Dr. Baldwin has been on our show before, a very popular guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, has made a huge name for himself. He was actually endorsed for president by Ron Paul. Ron yeah, Paul selected true. selected I, him for president. I remember that. I remember that. Now. And uh, he, he had a wonderful showing, uh, really Made a major sacrifice. So he mm-hmm. and his family's uh, life, along with Daryl Castle, our yeah. VP candidate from here yeah. in Tennessee, fought the good fight and everything, and, and uh, has, has become a real leader in the evangelical community mm-hmm. to uh, try to retain our constitutional rights of freedom of speech, freedom of worship and expression. And uh, to me, I think the mantle has fallen on him to be the real leader in the evangelical community. Of course, that's highly controversial and be disputed, but for my book. He is where it's at in the leadership of the evangelical community in our country. I agree. And uh, I hope you listeners, if you're not familiar with him, that uh, you would be so moved by hearing him talk in a few minutes. But one of the things that predicated us having this show with him today, and I should also mention this week, we'll also have a Dr. Rand Paul, uh, Dr. Ron Paul's son, Mm -hmm. uh, who's assisted him in the campaign for liberty, Mm -hmm. uh, will be joining us later in the week. But the thing that really uh, got this going uh, with their appearance this week was something that came out in uh, the press a couple weeks ago. And we'll yeah. talk about it in the interview. Yeah. But it was a, uh, an organization called MIAC that mm-hmm. was support to the Missouri State Police yeah, they, that, that prepares background information on threats and things that mm-hmm. they need to be looking kinda, out for. Kind of a way to kind of keep 
uh, police sort of up to speed on what sort of new threats may be out keep there? It, keep an eye on it. They yeah. get information directly from Department of Homeland Security, uh-huh. which I think a lot of this came from. But I have an article that Chuck Baldwin wrote for News with Hughes mm-hmm. that sort of summarizes it. Can I share it with you a little bit with some of your commentary? Oh, so it summarizes the MIAC report. This is what happened, yeah, okay, in the yeah, event. Yeah, I think he says it very well. This is what Chuck Baldwin says. We'll hear it directly from him in a minute, but it says, Thanks to a concerned Missouri State policeman, a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, who's Alex Jones, mm-hmm. uh, stated that he was alerted last week to a secret Missouri State police report that categorized supporters of Congressman Ron Paul, Bob Barr, and myself as militia-influenced terrorists. The report, he said, instructs the Missouri police to be on the lookout for supporters displaying bumper stickers and other paraphernalia associated with the Constitutional Campaign for Liberty and Libertarian Parties. Uh, ignoring, this is, this is uh, Chuck Baldwin saying, uh, Ignoring the threat of Muslim terrorists, the Missouri Information Analysis Center, MIAC report, focuses on the so-called militia movement and conflates it with supporters of Ron Paul, Chuck Baldwin, Bob Barr, the so-called Patriot Movement, and other political activist organizations opposed to the North American Union and the New World Order. Hmm. He says this report's not original, of course. During the Clinton administration, a Phoenix Federal Bureau of Investigation and Joint Terrorism Task Force explicitly designated defenders of the Constitution as right-wing extremists. Yeah, uh, I've... I've only heard about that. I've never investigated that. How, how much we're in fear of the people who defend yeah. the Constitution. However, the Mayak Report significantly expands on earlier documents. It's the first known document to name names. According to the Mayak, opposition to world government, uh, NAFTA, federalization of the states, and restrictive gun laws are a mm. potential threat to the police. The Mayak Report also refers to Aaron Russo's film, America, Freedom to Fascism. Wow. It's another thing that they're endangered of. Uh, it's, it states in the report, uh, the Mike report is particularly pernicious uh, because it indoctrinates Missouri law enforcement in the belief that people who uh, oppose confiscatory tax- taxation believe in the well-documented existence of a new world order and world government mm-hmm. uh, and are exposed to the obvious expansion of the federal government at the expense of the states as violent extremists mm-hmm. who are gunning for the police. It specifically targets supporters of mainstream political candidates and encourages police officers to consider them dangerous terrorists. Mm-hmm. And the Columbia and Columbia, Missouri Daily Tribune carried the story last Saturday. Um, so, anyway, that's just a little taste of what has happened. So, so just to be straight and to bring our listeners up to speed for the week, essentially what has gone on is the Missouri uh, Information Analysis Center has classified anybody who supports one of the mainstream third-party candidates as a terrorist. Well, here, here's here's who they classify as okay, domestic great, terrorists. Great. Here's the list, and listeners, see if you fall in any of these. Mm-hmm. If um, if you have any opposition to the following: the New World Order, the United Nations, gun control, the violation of posse comitatus, the Federal Reserve, the income tax, the Ammunition Accountability Act, a possible constitutional convention, the North American Union, Universal Service Program. Radio frequency identification, or RFID, abortion on demand, or illegal immigration. If you oppose any of the above, or you supported Ron Paul, Bob Barr, or Chuck Baldwin, you're at risk of being labeled a domestic terrorist, according to Mayak. Wait a minute. So anybody, basically anybody who's against abortion, right? Abortion on demand, yes. right? So the anti-abortion movement uh, is... Are all potential? Anybody, if you in, if you in, identify with that, you're a potential terrorist. And those of you uh, Christians, you, if you don't want to identify with constitutional people, 
but you're pro-life, you've been thrown in with them anyway. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's that's amazing. We got to go. Uh, we're going to have to uh, wrap this up quickly when we get back. Okay. But with no further ado, here's uh, Pastor Chuck Baldwin, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up on Future Quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. And we have one of our very favorite guests on the show. In fact, uh, a gentleman who uh, whose comments on our earlier show we use in our promos here at WENO mm-hmm. on our show. We have Dr. Chuck Baldwin, uh, who is a Baptist pastor and also the recent 2008 presidential candidate of the Constitution Party uh, and uh, a friend of our show. I just want to thank you for coming back on our show again, Dr. Baldwin. Glad to do it, Michael. Tom, good to be with you again. Yeah, it's an honor to have you. Well, you know, we think very, very highly of you, and we just appreciate you making time and your busy schedule uh, to, to be back with us. And, in fact, you're coming back on the first show beginning our fifth year of continuous broadcast of the Future Quake Show. Well, congratulations, and uh, thank you very much for letting me on your show. Well, things have changed quite a bit since you were here last time. We are now uh, on a daily drive time slot on WENO, the the top Christian talk station in uh, uh, the Mid-South, and with a much, much larger audience we have. And uh, hopefully we're able to still get this message out to uh, ever-growing audiences uh, we're tracking. Uh, every month our audience is growing by about 20 or 30 percent a month. Well, that's wonderful, and it doesn't surprise me. You guys are putting out some great information, and so it doesn't surprise me a bit that the people in that area would appreciate the kind of information that you are providing for them. Well, we're, they're going to have some, some really good information over the next half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I know you had to make some significant provisions to your busy schedule to be on for our brief period, so we're going to cut right to our urgent discussion here. Uh, the big news in the past week or so was the uh, announcement that the Missouri State Law Enforcement Agency, uh, through a group called MIAC, I believe, uh, has uh, released some secret guidance documents, internal documents, uh, which have since leaked uh, out to the press and uh, the media uh, that associated you, uh, Ron Paul, uh, Congressman Ron Paul, and also former Congressman Bob Barr, your followers, as well as pro-life, pro-sovereignty, and pro-constitutional supporters, as potential dangerous elements who could be associated with violent militia movements. Uh, I found this out the week before driving across Missouri, uh, and I had incriminating bumper stickers actually on my bumper. I was there on some uh, some business uh, in Kansas and driving across. Met with uh, Tom Horn, who you may know of Raiders News Update, yes. Uh, yes, I do. for an extended lunch, and he pointed out that I was a potential terrorist suspect in Missouri uh, as I was driving through Springfield, Missouri, and got home and found out all this information that broke. I called the Missouri State Police myself, talked to their media official, uh, to, to the same uh, sergeant that everyone else has talked to, confirmed this information uh, on my own. So uh, uh, having said all that, what do you think this foretells uh, for the future and what we should expect to see in the days ahead? Uh, to those of us evangelicals who are of a, a similar bent and inclination. And what do you think we need to do next about this? This is extremely dangerous. If we do not rise up now in mass as a concerned population and resist this kind of activity, it will only increase not only in the state of Missouri but throughout the rest of the United States. This is nothing more than old-fashioned police profiling on the basis of political opinion. If you believe a certain way or if you have a certain political um, ideology 
or identify with a certain political party, namely in this case the Constitution Party, which I represented last year, or the Libertarian Party, which Bob Barr represented last year, then you would be included in these kind of secret reports profiling you as a potential terrorist and extremist militia member, etc., etc. Now, this is a, people that would take this lightly don't understand the seriousness of this. You know, if this was a private report, if this was somebody's personal opinion, okay, so be it. This is supposed to be a free country. The free exchange of opinions and ideas is what this country is all about. We engage in that form all the time. You on your program, me on my my programs and on my syndicated columns, etc. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an official state police agency and a report of that official state police agency. On the masthead is the governor of the state, Governor Nixon, also the head of the Department of Public Safety, as well as a colonel of the Missouri State Police. And they've so defended this, a, this, correct? They have defended from right. the governor down their right wow. to target these individuals. And, they have and, defended it. And what they have done is ex extend an apology to myself, to Ron Paul, and to Bob Barr, uh, because they listed us by name and our political parties by name, and they said they should not have done that, and they said that they would uh, redact that part of the report from the report. But they do not apologize for the report. They do not apologize for profiling uh, conservative Christians, people that are pro-life, anti-abortion, people that believe in sovereignty and constitutional government, etc. They did not. They did not apologize for that. In fact, they stood behind that part of the report. And uh, so that's why I say this portends some extremely dangerous uh, activity in the future if the people of this country do not rise up and put a stop to it right now. Dr. Baldwin, if I understand this correct, and in fact I asked this of the Missouri police media person, uh, if, if they have been told to keep an eye on these people and to watch them to see if they cause further problems, then I asked him, I said, is it reasonable to presume that you're going to actually plant people in meeting groups of these people, pro-life people and others, to actually monitor them and keep an eye on what they're talking about in their groups? And he was very nervous about that and said, well, I, I wouldn't go that far. Which, well, which says to me that they probably will. Well, wait a minute. They were already doing that, according to the Minneapolis, uh, one of the papers in Minneapolis, during the, the convention there. During the Republican yeah, convention, they, right. They co-opted people and were trying to get them to spy on meetup groups and right. uh, vegan right. potlucks, as I recall. But, but, but even for our pastors in the audience, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Baldwin, since you're a your pastor here. Uh, if, if a pastor and a church has that on their sign, uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday, or if they have something, a patriotic service, or something about Romans 13, there's a reasonable chance that they may have something, somebody from their local law enforcement setting in during that sermon, taking notes about what they're talking about and what they're up to. Is that correct? Oh, I think that's very possible. In fact, I think that kind of activity is being done now on a routine basis. Uh, we are entering into a very precarious situation in our country. Hmm where the fundamental freedoms upon which our nation was founded, as contained in the Bill of Rights, as contained in our Declaration of Independence, are now being challenged. And again, I urge all of the pastors and Christians that are listening to your show right now, 
not take this lightly. And for those who say, well, things are just going to get, you know, worse and worse and it's all predicted, and that, that, that's such a, a silly cop-out. When we yes. in this country were yes. given our freedoms because of the sacrifices and the hard work of so many people that have gone on before us. We honor their memory. We extol their virtue, their character, their courage, their commitment. And now it's our turn to step up to the plate. Are we going to just lie down and and take things like this and allow our country to become a, a tyrannical, despotic regime in which our children are going to grow up in servitude? Or are we going to stand and defend the freedoms that were given to us by our forebears? Now, now uh, the people who are listening to our show right now, we're, we're being broadcast right now during a drive time. Uh, a major portion of the leadership of LifeWay Bookstores is listening to our show right now, the Southern Baptist Convention, a number of universities, Christian universities in Nashville, uh, within the 100-mile radius we have from downtown Nashville that are listening. And they're all fighting different battles of the Christian faith against uh, immoral actions in society like uh, gay marriage, against uh, all of these other issues that are very important, uh, heresy even in our midst, in our churches and things like this, all very important. But do we all need to stop and think that in the meantime, we have something urgent that we all need to rally around to preserve our freedom to preach and speak freely? Let, let, let you, yeah, let me tell you, it's a great point, uh, Michael and Tom. If we don't rally together now and fight this particular issue, all the other issues that you just named are moot and irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The only reason that we have the ability to fight the battles that you just described there is because we live in a free country. If we lose the fundamental freedoms, the freedom of speech, the freedom of dissent, the freedom to peaceably assemble, the freedom to redress our government, if we lose those fundamental freedoms, all of the issues that you just described that we're all engaged in are going to be absolutely meaningless. And this is one of the things that I believe that we as Christians have really been negligent about. You know, we get into in the abortion fight, we get into the gay rights fight and gay marriage, and we get into the prayer and school fight and so many of the other fights that are, that are very necessary. But when it comes to uh, a, a burgeoning police state, when it comes to the loss of national sovereignty, when it comes to the fundamental principles of constitutional government, Christians seem to be absolutely a wall, <laughs> and if we don't get re-energized and re-involved in the fight to preserve constitutional government, basic fundamental freedoms and civil rights for every American, we are not going to be free to fight the other battles that we think are so important. Dr. Baldwin, have evangelicals in the last few years been more concerned with fighting for these freedoms in foreign countries than we have in preserving it on our own land? Well, I think that we have certainly abandoned uh, that commitment to preserve fundamental freedom right here in America. Uh, There's no question about it. And and I I think it's an interesting analogy you make. You know, we support, many of us, not all of us, but many of us support the efforts of our government to 
uh, promote democracy around the world. And I don't like that word democracy because we're not a democracy. We are a republic, a constitutional republic here in this country. But for sake of verbiage, let's go ahead and stick with that. We're, we're, you know, we promote democracy in the Middle East and other parts of the world, and most Christians and many pastors seem to be very supportive of those efforts. And, and, and that's, that's okay. But what are we doing to preserve those fundamental freedoms right here at home? What difference does it make if we're sending troops halfway around the world to, quote, fight for democracy, unquote, when we turn right around and then allow ourselves to lose the freedoms and the fundamental liberty upon which democracy is founded? It makes no sense whatsoever. If we lose liberty here at home, there will be no no purpose in fighting uh, these battles overseas. Uh, so I think it's very I think it's a very good analogy that you use there. And we need to stop and take note of what's happening right here in our country today. And by the way, this is not just a a Democrat issue or a Republican issue. This is not a political issue. It doesn't matter whether it's George W. Bush or or Barack Obama who's in the White House or which party controls Congress. This. This burgeoning police state mentality that we see developing right now, and it's evidenced by what's happened in Missouri, I think has been growing for many years. And unfortunately, the Christian community, by and large, has been asleep at the switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we have a, a show that comes on before ours. It's a nationally syndicated show, very, very well financed, that spends most of the time promoting uh, attacking foreign lands, people of different religious faith than ours, different culture, to try to uh, promote our way of life and living and, and, and sort of really promotes this, this type of animosity. And I'm just thinking if we could take that same energy and actually put it in trying to preserve freedom here in our own land and for each other, uh, we might be able to muster enough support, the same kind of energy that we've put into those wars. If we could put in a, in a, a preservation of freedom on our own land, we might have a chance here. And, and I would tend to think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Christians may have to support the freedom of people who we would not agree with as Christians as far as their, their private decisions oh, yes. and stand together with them to preserve these freedoms. And, and, and one positive benefit is that if we can be known as people who uh, assist in setting the captives free and stand for freedom, they may be more akin to listen to our message of freedom, of freedom of the Spirit as well that can be attained through Jesus Christ, hmm. if they can trust us with their temporal freedoms here in our own country. Oh, you know, that, that's a good point, Michael. Uh, you know, I'm reminded, of, uh, as you said that, of the, the famous German pastor, Martin Niemöller. You know, he was a, a decorated U-boat captain in World War One, and then he went into the ministry became a, a very highly regarded pastor in Germany. Uh, he was a man that was uh, an avid anti-communist. And, and uh, Adolf Hitler first uh, started uh, rising to prominence. Uh, Niemöller and many of the other German pastors supported him because of his strong anti-communist uh, rhetoric. And you know, Niemöller wrote later in his, uh, in his personal writings about his own indifference to the uh, abuses of civil rights that were soon enacted by Hitler once he became, um, you know, well, pretty much a dictator there in, in, in the early stage of his uh, power. And he said, you know, that he tolerated it because 
I did not personally, as you just said, uh, appreciate the views and the opinions of those people. And so as the, as the Third Reich began to rise up against them and persecute them, incarcerate their leaders, uh, etc., you know, he didn't find anything necessarily wrong with that because he didn't like the people that that was the target. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't take him long to realize that once the fundamental civil liberties of some were violated, it would not take long before his liberties would be violated, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, they came for him. They eventually uh, began to persecute him, and then they... They took him to prison, and he spent uh, many, many years in a concentration camp in Germany. And and he wrote what has now become a very famous uh, piece of literature. And if I can just quote it, you know, this is from Niemöller. He said, they came first for the communists, and I did not speak up because I was not a communist. And then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak up because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak up because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up. And that's what's going to happen to these Christians here in our country. They look at some of the people that, that, they, that they view with suspicion or maybe even disgust. And they don't appreciate their views. They don't appreciate their lifestyle or whatever. So they look the other way when fundamental liberties are not granted to them. But then it comes their turn for fundamental liberties to, to be taken, and there'll be no one left to speak up and defend them. So we either have freedom for everyone in this country, or we have freedom for no one. All right. We're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, sort of in shock. Because of the Mayak report, Bionic. Well, and that was part one yes. of our uh, interview. We have a very brief interview with Chuck Baldwin. Yeah. He's an extremely busy gentleman right now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just so glad that uh, he was willing to make this time for us. Yeah. It's a real honor to, yeah. to have him on on our show. Speaking of real honors, why don't we get Merv in here? Yeah, we need to get Merv in to tell you all uh, how you can get a hold of us and see what you think about this. We're going to have a big discussion about this tomorrow, tomorrow's mm-hmm. show. But till then, here's Merv to tell you how to get a hold of us. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. We're in the last 15 seconds or well, so. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. You'll be giving us some commentary on this interview? Tomorrow? Have I ever not been able to expand? Good point. <laughs> Same least. here. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please tune in to tomorrow. I want you to hear the whole thing and also Dr. Paul later. But until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, no stranger to controversy, Bionic. You have the same name as yesterday. I am Tom, 
super controversial bionic. That is almost like super califragilistic. Expialidocious bionic. I thought you were going that way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to have you back again. I mm-hmm. hope you caught yesterday's show with uh, Dr. Chuck Baldwin, uh, one of our favorites here, and uh, mm-hmm. we find a uh, great spiritual mentor in Indeed. many ways. Indeed. Um, and we're talking about sort of the the calling of evangelicals to action here in today's America with this uh, sort of MIAC report. Well, yeah, what we talked about yesterday was, uh, and one reason we were able to get uh, he and Dr. Paul on at this time, was that basically it's almost like a bounty's been put on their head, they and their followers. A little bit, yeah. Uh, been, by the government. Yeah. Do you want to, well, can you want to give them a quick... Well, yeah. there's a group called the uh, Missouri Information Analysis Center, I believe, MIAC, that, correct. Yes. that uh, tries to get information on dangerous elements that are forming in society mm-hmm. to warn police to look out for them. Uh, that could create some kind of violent uh, mm-hmm. overthrow or other kind of terrorist yeah. response. And uh, a report they've just released. Now, this was released in secret. Uh, the public was not supposed to know it. Mm-hmm. But uh, some very uh, patriotic uh, policemen, um, whistleblowers, mm-hmm. uh, were so concerned about the threats, I believe, to the Constitution that they let this out mm-hmm. to Alex Jones, and then yeah. it went out throughout the rest of the media now. Yeah. Even Glenn Beck's been talking about it. Yes. Where, really? Uh, Glenn Beck? Glenn too. Beck has been talking about this, uh, where uh, uh, basically uh, supporters of Congressman Ron Paul, uh-huh. uh, former Congressman Bob Barr, who was of the Libertarian Party, or um, uh, even Chuck, or Chuck Baldwin of mm-hmm. the Constitution Party, well, are now considered potential terrorists, along with people who believe in pro-life, Mm-hmm. Who are against uh, NAFTA? Yeah, and if you believe in the New World Order, uh, or believe they're a bad idea, uh, uh, if you believe abortion's a bad idea, the New World Order. They put all, you, they put your name on this yeah, list, and they that, said you, you need to be monitored. Of, of yeah, see if, see if you fit one views. of these. If you oppose any of these, the New World Order, the United Nations, gun control, the violation of posse comitatus, the Federal Reserve, the income tax, the Ammunition Accountability Act. A possible constitutional convention, the North American Union, universal service program, radio frequency identification, abortion on demand, or illegal immigration. If you oppose any of those, our government considers you a potential terrorist. Mm-hmm. And well, now it's up to you to decide, do you take this land down? Do you basically say, okay, either I, I'm going to give in on that, I'm not going to let my opinion be known on those issues, mm-hmm. Are you just going to let them load you up, and that's it? Mm-hmm. Or are we as citizens going to stop and say, wait, this is not constitutional? Well, I think it's very interesting that, you know, once the flag had been sort of raised about this whole issue, uh, Missouri Governor Nixon uh, uh, has uh, defended, actually defended the Mayak report and said that uh, his only caveat was he's sorry, he's sorry that he named they named names, and they were going to redact that portion of the... Or that they got caught. Yeah. That they got caught naming him. We already know how they think. Mm-hmm. They didn't say that their thinking was wrong. No. They didn't say that their suspicions or their desire to follow these people was wrong. It's just sorry that names came out that caused this firestorm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that we all have to bear in mind, well, two things. One of which is that the only reason that, you know, future quake can exist, um, that we have freedom to worship, uh, that we have freedom to assemble, that we have freedom to believe uh, and worship God in whatever way we see fit. And that's not just Future Quake. It's everybody else who's yeah. on this radio station if, if and others. Yeah, if you're if you're proclaiming the gospel or openly call yourself a Christian, uh, 
here in here in the United States, that is because you were protected under the Constitution. And uh, right now, what's going on is the very philosophical foundations of that are being trampled. Mm -hmm. And there's been nary a, nary a word from the mainstream media on all of this. Well, you know, people might say, Christians may say, look, I'm not going to get involved in that political mess. I don't want to impede the, the Lord's work being done. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't want to you know, get sidetracked from it. Well, if radio stations like this get shut down, is that going to impact yeah. the Lord's message getting out to untold people out there? And ultimately, you know, uh, as uh, uh, Dr. Baldwin pointed out, we either have freedom for everyone or we have freedom for no one. Right. Because if they come for, if they first, and he, he read uh, uh, Pastor Niemöller's. Uh, in Germany. Yeah, yeah, the German Pastor mm -hmm. Niemöller, who was in prison in World War II, uh, to, to paraphrase phrase that, first they came for the, uh, first they came for the Republicans, and then they came for the Democrats, and uh, nobody raised a stink, and then they came for, uh, you know, the people. Well, they'll come for the Libertarians first, and yeah. the Constitutional Party first. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, when they came for me, there was nobody to raise, mm -hmm. to you know, to raise the issue. To protect you. Yeah. That's right. And why can't we learn from our brothers and sisters in the church in Germany, the Nazi yeah. time? Just, just like uh, Erwin Lutzer wrote mm -hmm. in uh, Hitler's Cross, his recent yeah. book. And and uh, you know, one person we had on there uh, recently, fairly recently, was. Uh, Brother Vilmar von Kampe, mm -hmm. who talked at length about about all of that stuff and sort of the uh, oh I don't know I guess you could mm -hmm. call it the redaction of truth within mm -hmm. the within the German state there in the mm -hmm. 30s. Well, as we talked in this interview, um, when I asked them if if since they're monitoring these groups, mm -hmm. if if we should expect that there are law enforcement people disguised in our church meetings and our other groups talking mm -hmm. about these issues. Um, they were very, very noncommittal. They said, well, I, I wouldn't go that far, or I wouldn't expect that. But that's that's the byproduct of this. If they've well, got to monitor these people, they're going to be infiltrating our churches and things, watching what's mm -hmm. being said. Well, uh, I, and I think there are three things that, that bear mentioning, one of which is the um, the clergy response teams, which have been sort of have heard it and talked about, and uh, the federal government has been recruiting. They exist. Yeah, they've been recruiting. They exist in every county in America. Yeah. Um, for our listeners maybe not aware of this, what the federal government has done is recruited influential pastors and given them certain rote ser sermons encouraging people to uh, obey the government and give up their firearms, uh, disregard disregard their constitutional rights uh, for the benefit of you know whatever the government sees fit mm -hmm. uh, in times of crisis. And they've even went so far as to you know give these people sermons, have conferences, tell them. You know what they expect of them and stuff, mm -hmm. and you saw that you can. Well, and what they did was the government document said that if pastors sign on to preach about Romans chapter thirteen, that they mm -hmm. should should obey earthly authorities, mm -hmm. and they should be used as a coercive force on the public to to be compliant. They said they will get first dibs on food and medicine if mm -hmm. there's things like an avian bird out flu. And I saw the documents themselves, and somebody very close to you and I, who has been connected to ministry, mm -hmm. and someone who our listeners would know has confirmed to me that they've been invited to one of those meetings. It was made the same offer. My goodness. Made the same offer. My goodness. This is not some rumor on the Internet. This is reality. Wow. It's going on in every county in the country. Mm -hmm. They have already positioned people. And now they actually have sermon books that FEMA has produced for pastors to preach about being compliant with authorities. I wonder if we could get one of those. Well, it's a little harder than I thought, but... Uh, 
There was another pastor who was a whistleblower on some of this mm-hmm. who I was able to track down. He's out of state, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll see what I can do to resume that. Yeah. But what we need to bring in is another out-of-state pastor, and that's Pastor Chuck Baldwin. Uh, I, I, let's do it. Okay, so uh, let, let, let's let's hear the man speak the, mm-hmm. for real. We'll yeah. get the real guy in. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is part two of our interview with Pastor Chuck Baldwin, the 2008 Constitution Party presidential nominee. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about the calling of evangelicals to action in today's America. It's a very important interview. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. And you, and you can support e- your fellow citizens' liberty without having to endorse their positions that they make and respect their right of self-determination, correct? Absolutely right. I mean, I'm out here on the public square all the time, and anybody that knows me knows where I stand on abortion, they know where I stand on homosexuality, they know where I stand on posting the Ten Commandments in our courthouses, in our schools, and teachers praying in school. And, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm as out front as, as anyone in this country is on those issues. But I also know how important it is that we maintain constitutional government in this country, that we stand up against this kind of police state mentality that we see developing right now in the state of Missouri, and I'm sure right there in the state of Tennessee, and I know uh, here in Florida we're having battles of our own, and there's probably not a state in this country that is not seeing some of these things developing in the various communities where they live. And like I say, if we as Christians and as pastors and, and, and as leaders, if we don't stand up and work together now and resist this kind of, of burgeoning tyranny, and that's exactly what it is, we will not have liberty much longer in this country. Well, you know, we have a, a large number of dear Christian brothers and sisters, those that we fellowship with and mm-hmm. others, who believe that Christians are to stay clear of these matters and that Romans 13 makes clear that all our leaders, even tyrants, are those whom God wants and whom we should hence obey. And and some that, uh, as you've alluded to earlier, uh, that believe in the imminent coming of Christ, uh, as I do, uh, but that, that from that they believe we should stay out of the fray and shouldn't be distracted with these matters. And, and some of them have even been soured by some of the actions of the religious right, which I know you come from and, and, and I as well, uh, because um, things have decayed so far in their activities uh, where they've really tried to cling to positions of power within a given party. Uh, right. Where it's almost like the end of Animal Farm, you know, where the pigs start looking like the farmers, and it's <laughs> and it's it, it's had an effect on us, on our perception of how we're perceived when we lose track of the sight of what principle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- how do you respond uh, to people who have these positions, well-meaning Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, and 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 how they have resolved what the Scripture says regarding these issues? Boy, so many things you brought up there. We could spend you've got a, a long good, time on You've got a good th- three minutes to elaborate <laughs> to your heart's content. <laughs> well, you know, if, if Romans 13 means that every Christian is supposed to submit to any ordinance, any decree, any ruling of men, no matter what, then we need to tear out of about half the stories in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We need to tear out Daniel chapter 3. We need to tear out Daniel chapter 6. We need to tear out 
Acts chapter 4. We need to tear out a word Simon Peter said we must obey God rather than men as he defied a civil authority. We must we must take out the story of Daniel who defied a civil authority, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who mm-hmm. defied a civil authority. I mean, go on through the Bible. Even the Apostle Paul who wrote Romans chapter 13 spent as much time in jail practically as he did out of jail because of his defiance of human authority. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire the Fox's Book of Martyrs is the story of men and women who were willing to stand in defiance of human authority in one way or the other. Uh, most of our Christian history, not to mention American history, is replete with the defiance of unlawful, unjust, ungodly, unbiblical authority. And the very verses that you described there in Romans chapter 13 that tell us to submit to civil authority also demand that civil authority behave in a certain way. They are terror unto evil works, unto good works. Uh, They have a a parameter, a boundary given by God as to what they can do and what they cannot do. Uh, There is only one sovereign in this world, and it's not the president, it's not Congress, it's not the Supreme Court, it's not the state police, it's not the governor, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only sovereign in this world, and anyone that would attempt to try and teach or proclaim or mandate that we submit to human authority, any human authority, and make that person a sovereign whose word is law no matter what, what we have done is we have made that person the sovereign of our lives. And that, my friend, is idolatry. Dr. Baldwin, if I can ask you this question, my understanding of this passage about authority, real authority, that, that's legitimate authority, in our culture, in our country, we have selected the Constitution to serve as that authority. It is by definition the authority. Our leaders right. come and go. They're temporary. They come and go. Uh, they move. They serve at the pleasure of uh, enforcing the Constitution, which is the final defining authority, as opposed to a king. So if that's the case, when we find that our leaders who who swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, when they no longer uphold that Constitution, they are in effect lawbreakers. They have become lawbreakers, and it is our responsibility to obey Romans chapter 13 and to obey the lawful authority of this land, the Constitution, that to uphold law, we have to resist lawbreakers against kingdom and the authority that the Lord graciously gave us to keep law and order in this land. Absolutely. Very well put, Michael. Very well put. You and I, as we the people, are the custodians of constitutional government. And when our civil magistrates do not uphold their oath, and remember, every policeman, every soldier, every congressman, every president promises an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's an oath they took to God and to us. And when they do not do that, it is up to us, we the people, to hold them accountable to their oath, to hold them accountable to the Constitution. And so in Romans chapter 13, if we're going to apply that to our form of government, you're exactly right. The the higher power is not the king, it's not I'm excuse me, it's not the president, it's not the Congress. We have no king in America. It's not the Supreme Court. The higher power is the Constitution to which they swear allegiance. And it is the responsibility of we the people to hold them accountable to that Constitution. So most certainly that's what we should be doing. And in this case here in Missouri, when they are obviously violating the principles of constitutional government, it's our responsibility to hold the line and to hold them accountable. And that's what we haven't done 
as the body of Christ over the last several decades. We've been so involved in some of these other battles and so hesitant, for some reason, so hesitant to get involved in this fundamental issue. But listen, guys, if our founding fathers had not done this, we would not be here as an independent free nation today. Mm -hmm. We would still be a crown colony of England today. We would not have the liberties and the freedoms that we've enjoyed for all these years had it not been for the sacrifice of our founding fathers and and those that came after them. And, And so how can we say that we are patriotic Christian Americans and then turn around and deny the very essence and the very framework of what makes us a free people here in this country? And so if we're, you know, we can't, we can't have one without the other. Uh, we say we're patriotic and we say we love God and love country and all that kind of thing. Well, that means then that we are willing to stand for those principles that are both biblical and historic in our country. Dr. Bowen, I know you're going to have to go in a few minutes, and we, we have so many things we want to talk to you that are foundational in nature that we like to record, put up on our website for people to go mm-hmm. uh, listen, uh, you know, the kind of information they need to go spread around, hand out to people. Uh, do you think sometime in the future in your busy schedule you could come for a little bit longer, stay with us sometime? Oh, I would love to do that. As you as you know, right now is a very busy time for us, right. mm-hmm. and we're involved in, in so many things. But uh, I appreciate you guys very, very much, and you've got a tremendous uh, show there, and your ministry there in the Nashville area is very, very needful, and I would love to help you any way I can. Well, I hope I hope you enjoy your experience here, and yeah. I hope you feel appreciated with what you have to say, and that there's some people out here that get where you're coming from. Yeah, we deeply appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. It's always... You know, just like the last one, it's it's really inspirational to hear somebody, uh, from my perspective, really, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, tell it like it is. Well, there's many people out here who agree with with Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Uh, And in conclusion, I want to thank you so much for the sacrifices you and your family made when uh, uh, you were requested by the Constitution Party to uh, set aside your duties. I know you asked your church, and your church decided it was of the Lord. Uh, for you to take this role for that particular period of time, and it's it's a position that uh, is it's a, it's a very difficult one, and it's thankless. Uh, long, long hours that you did sacrificed, uh, trying to convince even your fellow brothers and sisters about what's going on and sounding the alarm. And we personally thank you, and we just want to say we're here to help in the cause any way we can. And in closing, can you give us any final words for us and our listeners who also get it, judging from all our emails that we get, the tens of thousands of people who we now have documented our regular listeners here, mm-hmm. that get what you're saying. What can we do next? What What are you planning to do next, Dr. Baldwin, in conclusion? And what can we do to help you in it? Okay, well, we will be discussing this situation very carefully. When I say we, I'm, I'm talking about Ron Paul, Bob Barr, and myself. Uh, we are contemplating legal action against mm-hmm. the state of Missouri. I do know that uh, there are others in the state of Missouri that are also uh, contemplating legal uh, I, I really believe that we must not lie down and and take this, uh, that if we don't stand up against it vociferously, it will only mushroom and to a point that it will become a juggernaut and we will not be able to resist it. So I encourage everyone to not only contact the Missouri state officials and lodge their protest, but also contact the governor of Tennessee, contact the sheriff 
in the county where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, contact the, the local state police agencies uh, and maybe the state police, uh, you know, wherever that's located, probably there in Nashville. And, and just run this same scenario by them and say, we demand to see, is there any of this going on in the state of Tennessee? Uh, are you profiling Christians? Are you pro- profiling conservatives? Uh, are you profiling people that speak out uh, for, uh, you know, constitutional government and, and these types of things? And, and just let the, the various and sundry powers that be know that you're alert, you're aware, you understand what's going on, and you will fight for freedom and for constitutional government. That is very important. Not to mention our pastors need to be alert. Our pastors need to inform their congregations. They need to have prayer meetings about this. They need to have leadership training meetings about this. Training our men and women in the pews of our churches to be Christian champions, Christian leaders, standing firmly for God, for Christ, for our faith, and for the freedom to proclaim Christ in this country. Well, I know you do a regular article in News With Use, and I recommend everybody read that or check fallenlive.com. Is there anything else we can do, any other additional plans beyond this uh, thing that happened in Missouri that you've got planned on the horizon, anything that we can get engaged with you to support you additionally? Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, of course, I'm doing a lot of traveling right now, and I'm still speaking and writing my columns. And, and right now, this is the as far as the the issues of the day, this is the issue that uh, I think is the uh, it's, it's where the devil attacking, to quote Martin Luther. Right. Uh, you remember he said, That's right. if we are faithful at all other fronts, but we are not faithful where the devil is currently attacking, then we have surrendered to the enemy. And I, I think this is where the devil is attacking right now. I think he's attacking our sovereignty, mm-hmm. our, our constitutional form of government, our fundamental freedoms. And uh, it's, up to, it's going to be up to God's people and the preachers to maintain freedom in this country. And like I said earlier in the broadcast, if we don't do that, guys, all these other bads we're facing are going to just be moot and they're going to be meaningless because if we don't have the freedoms, the fundamental freedoms to speak and assemble and redress, et cetera, then it, it, it all comes crashing down. Well, when you continue to hold back the gates of hell, look and you'll see the two of us there right next to you and our listeners as well. <laughs> you guys are terrific. <laughs> we'll be there. Thank you very thank much. You. God bless you. Thank you so much. Please come back soon when you get a chance. Keep us updated. We're going to yeah. call our authorities and get them on to ask them those very same questions. But in the meantime, please keep us posted and let us know what we can do to help in the fight. Thanks, guys. We'll do, and thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, no stranger to the Constitution, bionic. I'm glad you are no stranger to it, although that probably makes you a danger to the public, that you are familiar with it. That's an interesting segue into what we've just been talking about. Yes. It reminds me of a judge one time that told a juror when they about the income tax, when mm-hmm. the juror asked for the law uh, that said you had to pay income tax. Mm-hmm. And the judge said something to the effect that the law has no jurisdiction in this court. Hmm. Which is pretty deep when you think about it. The law has no jurisdiction in this court. It's like a friend of mine who said that he really liked music. He just didn't like listening to it. <laughs> yeah, you have to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are your final closing thoughts here on uh, what Pastor Chuck has had to share with us? Well, um, he... First of all, he's an eloquent speaker. I love I love hearing him talk. Uh, his views his views and my views tend to really coincide well with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think he's exactly right when he says, uh, you know, we've sort of been asleep at the switch, and we need to stand up here 
Otherwise, things bad things are going to happen sooner than we know, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be enough that we can do about it. You know, soon we're going to find out that all these things that, uh, you know, sound like rumor and innuendo and nuttiness, uh, they aren't going to be so rumor and nutty and innuendo when there's troops at your front door, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know what breaks my heart is that a good portion of the evangelical community finds him controversial. Yeah, I know. And I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a man who's who's been a faithful minister of the gospel. He's mm-hmm. faithfully fought for moral issues, you know, at the very beginnings of the moral majority, mm-hmm. all these other kind of things. The fact that maybe he was hesitant about uh, our war overseas puts him in immediate suspicion, not with people on the outside, but within the church. I know. It's that very... he's not, you know, that supportive of war. Or he's suspicious of the fact that uh, he is concerned about excesses of our own government. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he raises an excellent point by saying that if you uh, if you raise the leader, uh, if you raise the leader that you know uh, runs the country to the point where you blindly obey whatever he has to say and don't question it, essentially you've made him into an idol. Well, that's mm-hmm. certainly true. Yeah, that's certainly true. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming up to the day where we're going to have to make hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to search your own soul. You need to study your Bible. You need to find some other fellow Christians that mm-hmm. are enlightened, wise Christians, believers. Work this out in your own mind because the time is going to come where you're going to have to decide. Um, I'm going to try to take action on behalf of my fellow citizens as well as my family. I'm legal action, nonviolent legal action. What, what we have recourse in the Constitution to do mm-hmm. to address these uh, abuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, either you're just going to go step in the truck and not say a word, or you're going to try to defend your neighbors and yourself mm-hmm. lawfully and legally. You know, a stitch in time saves nine. If you take the effort to do it now, you can make a big change, but you got to decide now. I'm not into knitting. I don't well, know. <laughs> one thing we do need to decide now is to bring Merv in. Merv, yeah. would you come tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're in the last 10 seconds. I tell you, there's a lot of changes. A lot of changes going on in FutureQuake, too. Maybe uh-huh. we should talk about well, that. Well, we'll so. talk about that Friday. Yeah. But until then, we got Rand Paul in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, Champion of Liberty Bionic. Hey, that's a great name there. Yeah. Your mom and dad should be congratulated for giving you that name. Yeah, well, let's not... Uh, that, that's self-imposed. <laughs> okay, definitely. self-imposed. Yeah. It's the Wednesday edition of Future Quake, and mm-hmm. it's great to be all be with all you Futurians here. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've had a very special week this week. Again, it's the week that kicks off our fifth year mm-hmm. of, of uh, nonstop uh, production and mm-hmm. broadcasting of the Future Quake show. Indeed. And we got some fantastic guests this week to be with us. First... Uh, two days of the week, we had uh, Dr. Chuck Baldwin, yes, uh, who's a Baptist yes, pastor yes, yes. in Pensacola, 
and was al- also the mm-hmm. uh, presidential nominee of the Constitution Party in 2008. Wait, Pensacola, Florida? Yeah. I, I thought he was a George, Georgia guy. Nope. No? Okay. I'm glad you cleared that they up. They had brainwashed you. They got you and brainwashed <clears throat> you. Yeah, me and a whole bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. No wonder they're watching you at Mayak. Yep. Well, we went down that kettle of fish. Uh, be sure to go to futurequick.com yeah. if you missed the last two days. If you, yeah, if you don't know what Mayak is, to those shows. Yeah, if you don't know what Mayak is, uh, just take a look at uh, both tomorrow's Tremors last Friday yeah. and um, uh, the last the, couple of shows couple this week. This, this and week. we're going to talk about it further with uh, Dr. Rand Paul, mm-hmm. who's going to join us talking about recent developments in the liberty movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the son of Dr. Ron Paul, yeah, who hopefully should be considered a household name. Uh, yeah. People who is the one lasting legacy, I think. Of course, you know some people got their change they were looking for at this election, but uh, the other big development was the movement of the can development of the campaign for liberty that came out of the Ron Paul movement, and mm-hmm. um, we we covered that extensively here, and we've had Dr. Rand Paul on once in the past uh, during the election cycle, and now he's coming to tell us some surprises we're going to hear in tomorrow's yeah. show. We're going to yeah, have yeah. two two installments of it. Mm-hmm. And talk about uh, what he and his father and people in the uh, constitutional liberty movement uh, are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have affiliations with the Republican Party mm-hmm. and are definitely a segment. In fact, I'll just mention that uh, the uh, the conservative uh, was a CPAC meeting that they have. That uh, sort of a big rah-rah session for yeah. people in the conservative movement, uh, and they they take a some kind of a straw poll kind of thing to figure out who might be the likely nominee in 2012. Mm-hmm. And their first one actually was uh, Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. and then there was a, I believe a, uh, uh, Bobby Jindal was like 13 percent. Mitt Romney was 20 percent of the vote. Uh-huh. Bobby Jindal 13, and then tied at 12 percent was uh, Sarah Palin and Ron Paul. Wow. So so the Ron Paul segment of the Republican Party is still significant. And, in fact, here in Davidson County in Nashville, they are playing a big role in some of the decision-making and the um, um, leadership. They have a potential leadership, and it's causing controversy, as I understand. I've just read it third-hand mm-hmm. with the local Republican Party. So it's going to be a newsworthy story that's going to be worth us carrying here future quake. Well, you know, there was one story that I think we'd reviewed several months ago during the uh, inauguration, well, not the inauguration, during the nomination process mm-hmm. that Ron Paul had actually won enough state delegates in Nevada. In Nevada, yeah. And then they completely, they they ended up having to suspend the... They, legally, they did the, the regular... Yeah. You know rules as they were were, mm-hmm. and he was going to get the uh, the votes for yeah, it. Get the nomination. They ran out the back door. The leadership yeah. of the Republican convention. Uh-huh. Of course, now they have a gentleman who, running the Republican Party by the name of uh, Michael Steele, who mm-hmm. is uh, clearly against pro life, yeah, uh, pro gay agenda. That he's you know, and is so it like big government too, or I mean, well, yeah, he know. said this in GQ magazine recently. Wow. So. Um, it's not the Republican Party I remember growing up. Yeah, what's, and, uh, what's going on here? Sometimes I feel like I woke up, you know, I get out of bed, and, you know, you've seen those movies, like, you get a guy gets out of bed, or he gets, you know, gets up and looks around, and the world's the same, and then all these people don't remember who he is, and all this stuff, yeah, yeah. and nothing is the same. Somehow that, sometimes I think that's like what happens to me. Is know? that right? I wake up, and the Republican Party is not the same, you know, these people are, you know, who are supposed to be wrapped themselves in a thin, very thin patina of 
you know, uh, the Constitution and the constitutional mm-hmm. principles. I'm going to call you Will- William Grigg for using patina. Patina? Yeah. 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 He's a guy who lives down my, lives down the street from Is me. that right? Yeah. Um, but they, they wrap themselves in this very thin veneer of uh, constitutional, uh, you know, ideology, used limited to. government. Yeah. And, used to. And, and until you start asking them, you know, direct questions and then it's not and now even lately they're not even bothering with the patina no no you know not no. the facade is the falling democrats away. have worked together hand to hand. the leadership mm-hmm. not not for a handful of outsiders but the leadership have worked together starting with the banker bailouts mm-hmm. both democrat and republicans worked hand in hand on that uh there were a few handfuls of brave people stood against it marcy mm-hmm. captor um Jim uh, Bunning. Mike Pence, I think, said a lot. Mike too. Pence. Yeah. Uh, Richard Shelby. Yeah. Those are a few brave souls who stood against the onslaught of their leadership, mm-hmm. including Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, yeah. uh, who fought for the establishment. He fought against the the, uh, the constitutional people. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it hits close to home to uh, no, this, this area. Sorry to hear that. Well, with no further ado, we need to bring in Dr. Rand Paul. Indeed. And he's going to have some wonderful things to say. He's a wonderful gentleman. Uh, he's an eye doctor, uh, medical physician up in uh, in um, Bowling Green, Kentucky, not too far from here, less than an hour away. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of listeners out there. Give a call to all y'all out there in future Quake Land. Um, and he's going to be talking to us about some very interesting things, including the Mayak Report and mm-hmm. their view. One thing I don't think came through in our interviews is that uh, – uh, today, the day we're airing this, was the deadline for the for the Missouri governor on down to decide whether they were going to apologize for doing this or not. Interesting. And it sounded like uh, uh, there were Chuck, saying, Pastor Chuck, I believe, said that uh, they were going to do apology on this. But oh, but yeah. their uh, who knows their 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 plans to still monitor all of us are yeah. still in force. Man, who knows the way things are going? We could we by the time the show airs, there could be a completely different. Exactly. I mean, things are changing so fast now. Who knows? So with no further ado, here's Dr. Rand Paul talking about recent developments in the liberty movement, and then we'll be back to uh, discuss it further on the conclusion of Future Quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake show. I'm Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. And uh, we have a a guest back for a repeat visit, a very distinguished guest. And uh, uh, we have Dr. Rand Paul, uh, the uh, son of Dr. Ron Paul, who many of you may know. And uh, many of you have heard of Dr. Rand Paul from his speaking engagements. uh, uh, Also, uh, from a previous visit here on Future Quake, uh, a medical doctor and uh, someone who uh, is actually in our regional area here up in Bowling Green. Dr. Paul, I just want to tell you it's wonderful to have you back again on the new Improved Future Quake. Well, I'm glad to be with you. I remember being with you. It was probably just about a year ago, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, been about that right. time. Yeah. We've had big changes since that period of time. We have a much larger audience now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now on WENO, um, which has about a 100-mile radius from Nashville. So you can get us loud and clear on AM 760 uh, every day at 4 o'clock up in your neck of the woods. Right. And, and far north there. We reach a whole lot of Kentucky listeners, your fellow uh, Kentuckians up there, uh, land of my fathers, uh, being a, a native Louisvillian native myself. Uh, but it's wonderful to have you back uh, on this forum to discuss the kind of issues that are important to us and to uh, educate our Christian brothers and sisters here that uh, we cater to with our, our show here. And it's an interesting time to have you back on our show uh, since your father, uh, Dr. Ron Paul, who's a current cro- uh, congressman in Texas, uh, both he, uh, former Congressman uh, Bob Barr, and uh, Dr. Chuck Baldwin, the Baptist pastor, have recently been identified in print 
uh, as well as all of their followers, uh, groups like the Constitution and Liber Libertarian parties, uh, and other uh, pro-life, pro-Constitution, and other pro-sovereignty supporters as being dangerous elements uh, possibly associated with violent militia groups by the Missouri law enforcement community. And in fact, that position has even been defended by their own state governor. What, what is your take on the significance of this recent development, and what do you think is going to come of it? Well, I have two uh, quick opinions on it. One is that I find it incredibly insulting that our tax dollars are going to support a government who then is going to snoop on citizens and identify citizens as potential threats simply because we want constitutional government. You know, if it weren't, if, it, if we didn't actually have proof that they were doing this, you would actually think it's ridiculous. Who's going right. to spy on people yeah. who our main belief is that government should act in a legal fashion and that we should be restrained by rule of law? And from a congressman who's been in office, you know, 20 years, who has never practiced or preached anything but, you know, peaceful and uh, lawful protest against government, you know, I think that I find it incredibly insulting. I guess my second thought would be that I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of frightened by it also because I think when when you have economic uh, crisis, when you have a political crisis. Things tend to go overboard, and you tend to, you know, out of the 1920s in Germany, when they destroyed the currency and you had the Weimar Republic, you got Hitler. And Hitler actually won some democratic elections. So I think just having a democracy or a constitutional republic like we're supposed to have is not a guarantee that we can't have um, some pretty draconian things come from government. Mm -hmm. And so I am somewhat fearful that you know you're putting large swaths of, of peace abiding citizens under the surveillance of the state and i think that is a little bit scary you know it's it's interesting uh, we have federal holidays for people who help draft the constitution and now we're suspicious of people who actually celebrate the work that they did <laughs> great point that's a great it's sort of sort of a topsy turvy world isn't it when uh, those who support the constitution are seen as terrorists now our our regular listeners have heard about this we broke the story as soon as it came out uh, i found out when i was uh, driving across uh, the state of Missouri two weeks ago uh, with my uh, Ron Paul sticker prominently displayed, and I met with uh, Brother Tom Horn of Raiders News Update, and he told me my potential state as a terrorist as I was driving across Missouri uh, there in Springfield, Missouri, on the way back to Tennessee, and then read, came back, read it all, found it incredibly hard to believe until I saw the document in my own eyes. When I talked to the sergeant, who's the media specialist that everyone else is talking to at this Missouri group, MIAC, uh, that's behind this in the state. Uh, I asked him, I said, if, if you all are tracking these people as being a danger, now, again, this includes people who are pro-life into the pro-life movement, people into pro-sovereignty, people against the North American Union, people who even claim there's a NAFTA superhighway, much like the one uh, that, that runs probably near your uh, father's district. Uh, anybody who claims this is now somebody under suspicion that they're keeping an eye on. And I asked him, uh, is this uh, these kind of groups, uh, are you all going to have uh, police force and other agents sort of setting in on these groups to monitor what they're doing, which is would be completely logical if they're perceived this way. And uh, he was very noncommittal. He says, well, I wouldn't go quite that far, which, which leads me to believe that it's likely to happen. Mm -hmm. Are we likely in a scenario where we have law enforcement people setting in these groups, whether, uh, for example, we have a story today we're reviewing about in the Fed, where the actual army 
was very concerned and in thinking they were going to engage uh, people that went to the In the Fed rallies around the country recently, which uh, I attended as well. So the interesting thing also is where all this came out of. I think this is a division of Homeland Security Correct. for yeah. Missouri. And my father pointed out when the Homeland Security bill came up initially that, number one, it was combining huge amounts of bureaucracy into the largest bureaucracy we had ever created, which almost always means that it works uh, less efficiently because it gets too big. Yeah. But the other scary thing about Homeland Security, they're acting on orders that they got from the Patriot Act which says that they no longer need warrants. So now not only can you be profiled as a Ron Paul supporter, they don't need a warrant to search your house. They just write their own letter. They call it a national security letter, and they can be in your house. In the old days, it was amazing. The old days were before the Patriot Act. Even if you were accused of murder, the heinous crime of murder, they knocked on your door and presented you with a, a valid warrant from a judge and searched your premises and also while you were there, typically. Now, with the Patriot Act, they can search your house when you're not home. They can plant listening devices in your house when you're not home, all without a warrant and with no time limit. You could have listening devices in your house for a year and never know they're even in your house. The other thing that they finally did, and Judge Napolitano is good at pointing this out, for many years when they had this FISA court, which was this security court, when they investigated people, let's say they investigated you because they thought you were related to the Iranian government, they found out you weren't, but they found out that you brought some paint home from your office, that you were painting your office and you mm -hmm. committed mm -hmm. an IRS violation, they weren't allowed to use that against you because that didn't have anything to do with the FISA warrant, the security warrant. Now they've changed that law. If they find any incidental little thing in your house, Let's say they find that you uh, have a, a shotgun that they say doesn't meet the legal mm -hmm. limits of what a shotgun should find, and it had nothing to do with the search warrant or the so-called national security letter. Now they put you in jail for that. So it open up, opens up Pandora's box. It also opens up Pandora's box for people who might bring things into your house, such as drugs or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're up on drug charges that, that, that were brought in at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just a huge, uh, you know, problem that we've opened ourselves up to, but it's all through Homeland Security, and realize that this agency in Missouri is just another branch of Homeland Security. Yeah, you know, I presume that, that uh, they, they inherited that information from Homeland Security that they published, probably were completely unaware of what was going to happen of all this, mm -hmm. but this provides good data for Homeland Security to see how the public responds. Uh, if the public is, is vehement and outraged, maybe they might slow down a little bit in pushing this around the country. If not, they use this as a test to see where else, maybe Tennessee or Kentucky, where they can push it in, in, the, in the next go-around. Um, talking about your, your, your father and his, his presidential run that just occurred that created a tremendous storyline across our country, I think now he's looking like a prophet right now because he was the only candidate who said that this economic malaise was going to be a major story uh, that was going to have to be addressed, and he was pretty much laughed off the stage by the other candidates, and he's shown to be truly prophetic in, in what he had to say, as well as many other things. What do you think is the legacy, and what has been accomplished by your father's presidential run, and how do you think it's going to influence the political and cultural landscape in the future? 
Well, I think one one thing that was interesting is that a lot of us who worked very hard, and I was part of the grassroots that worked across the country for my dad, is that some were very disappointed and they were despondent. We didn't win, we didn't win. But, you mm. know, in fact, I think we really did win. I think it might be one of the, the greatest wins for someone who actually lost an election ever because now for the first time someone who shares our point of view, yours, mine, and other people within the freedom movement – is getting interviewed on the nightly news and it being admitted by the mainstream media to have been right about the coming financial crisis mm-hmm. and to have been right about a lot of this. So I think it's given a lot of credence to our movement, and I think it's going to give us the chance, hopefully, to maybe elect some new people from our movement in the future. Hmm. You know, our, our uh, station now that we're at um, primarily courts the evangelical community. Uh, we're down here you know, in the headquarters in downtown Nashville. Uh, you know, they're very dispirited because th- their leadership has, has espoused within the Republican Party uh, with, with, with the, the zeal to try to maintain some influence and power. Uh, we're, we're moved over to support candidates that were completely counter to what evangelical says they believe uh, in this attempt to retain power. And, and we're really thoroughly discredited, I think, to a large extent uh, by, by selling out to people that really weren't consistent with the convictions they say they commit to. For our evangelical listeners, how do you think they could be energized by the Campaign for Liberty movement that has grown out for this? And how would you summarize your positions, and why should it appeal to them versus the direction the rest of the Republican Party is going? Well, one of the things I think happened is that and this was you could say it was a good thing, but it turned out to be a bad thing. At some point in time, most of the candidates in the Republican Party and most of the officials all of a sudden said they were right to life. Now, that should be a good thing. But in the end, it turns out that it means they can now say that and do nothing about it. And mm-hmm. so for many years, a lot of us just said, oh, we have to wait for a Supreme Court majority. But, you know, there is another way around it, and this is something that people can get involved with if they're interested. My father has introduced legislation that simply says the federal courts shall not have jurisdiction over Roe v. Wade. He think it was wrong that they ever took jurisdiction over it anyway. And there is a constitutional provision that says the legislature can define and can regulate the federal courts. Now, it might turn into a big constitutional question because this hasn't been done in a long time, but Congress could actually pass a law. You don't need three-fourths vote or anything. You need 50 percent, 50 plus one to pass this, and it just simply says we restrict the uh, issue to states and send it back to the states. Then you don't wait for a supreme a majority on the Supreme Court. You don't wait for all the people who say the right to life to do something. You immediately turn it back to the states. You probably have 25 states immediately become pro-life states. And, and, and that's an effective strategy that could actually win. We're back here uh, at Future Quake Central mm-hmm. with Dr. Future. And Tom, no stranger to the Constitution or controversy, Bionic. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And uh, that was our first installment of our interview with Dr. Rand Paul. Uh, right out here out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, talking about recent developments in the liberty movement. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to comment on something that was talked about at the end of this segment. Please do. About Ron Paul's unique approach to address the um, Roe v. Wade debacle. Uh, he, I have some thoughts on this, that as well. This is a typical kind of Ron Paul thing. Ron Paul knows his constitution well enough to know that we have lawful recourse mm-hmm. when judges step out of their bounds and yeah. enforce their will from a minority on the public, 
uh, and and his son here was explaining that there's a special recourse we have to limit the power of federal judges and to be able to, to send jurisdiction to certain things, as, as I understand it, I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. back to the states. Mm. And this can be a very, very effective way to be able to gradually build back the uh, protection of right to life mm-hmm. in an effective way. Mm-hmm. And what I find so discouraging, and not only people who are well-meaning moral people out there, but Christian evangelicals in particular, uh, will not look at these kind of unique ways to resolve this issue. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make everything an in-your-face kind of war issue uh, and get nowhere, spin our wheels. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to pick somebody who has a certain initial at the end of their name, mm-hmm. so we'll, they'll get certain judges because they'll promise they'll get certain judges, and then they never do it. And I have to say, after 30 years of, of really well-meaning work, that we don't have much to show for it. And I'm not blaming the people who've tried hard. I'm no. thankful that they have. Mm-hmm. But we, maybe we need to look at some other solutions and options. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, the guy who was the head of uh, um, the Right to Life organization, um, uh-huh. his name's just escaped, the Premier Right to Life organization. Uh, yeah, I don't know his name. Uh, spoke at the uh, Constitution Convention, in fact, uh, Constitution Party Convention. We hope to have him... Uh, on our show, he talked about one of their strategies that they used as very, very effective was simply to just pool their money, go buy the buildings where these abortion doctors work, and then boot them out. Wow. They would just go get them and boot them <laughs> That's out. That's easy. And it works simple. Yeah. It works simple. It's a very, very effective. And so they have found that, that Operation Rescue. Mm-hmm. And they found that's an extremely effective way to do it. But, you see, that's out-of-the-box thinking. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman actually represented that kind of out-of-the-box thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christians should be the kind to look for creative solutions. Uh, and I think if you look in the Bible, if you look at people like Daniel, you look at uh, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you look at all these different kind of Joseph, mm-hmm. other kind of people, they had creative solutions that the Lord gave them to... Uh, Make things right mm-hmm. in a situation. Mm-hmm. And Ron Paul is a host of that. Another example mm-hmm. about this whole fiasco about the war overseas and about the uh, operation in Afghanistan, which, mm-hmm. which is still going on. Yeah. And this question, its outcome is still in doubt. Um, he mentioned that there was a provision in the Constitution. I cannot remember the exact term, but it's a term that, that that's given allowance. When you have some kind of uh, bad guys, gangster types, who attack our country, hurt our assets, we can invoke that clause in the Constitution. uh, And it's an announcement to the other countries where they reside that we are not going to war with you. We're going after these brigands or whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. to bring them to justice. We mean nothing against you and your country. We just have to bring them to justice. And it basically met muster with international law and treaties Mm -hmm. where it was acknowledged. But we never even did that. Hmm. We never pursued those recourses. We just, of course, then you have to wonder why we had uh, ships outside of Afghanistan on September 10th, the day yeah. before yeah, uh, a full September week. 11th. Yeah, a full week before that. Yeah. The very whole thing is very weird. But Ron Paul is the kind of guy who knows novel ways mm-hmm. to make things right and still be lawful. And I'd like to comment on that, actually. I think that's a great, I think it's a great idea what he's doing. The one thing that I worry about uh, uh, is that, our, it seems to me that our our Senate has sort of wholesale in a wholesale fashion sold us up the river with these various bailouts, uh, showing at least to me and my sort of backwards simplistic thinking that they cannot be trusted entirely, and so I worry a little bit about starting to set precedents where we overturn overturn uh, judicial rulings 
in that at some point in the future they might have something important and then uh, vote on something, you know, the, the 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 Senate and the House may vote on something important and, like, just decide that they're going to overturn the Second Amendment or something. Well, see, it's not that they're overturning. It's just sending it to the states. Sure. Which that's where most things belong anyway, or individual states. Very few mm -hmm. things. Like they say, you okay, have to make well. a federal case out of it. There's very few things that have to be made a federal case. Our national defense, mm -hmm. uh, when, when there is uh, an injustice that goes across state boundaries, where no, which you know, you don't have one state that's a jurisdiction, mm -hmm. you have to have those kind of places set up federally. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, most everything should be in the states anyway. Yeah, okay. And that's where you bring it out to the lowest level, where you got people actually have some kind of influence, and hopefully less influence of lobbyists. And outside people that go to one beltway and try mm -hmm. to run everything on all our behalf. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. We have to be very careful that, that the few times that judges make the right decision to protect rights, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that that, that is still withheld. Mm -hmm. But I think sending more things to the states is actually a safer approach, in my opinion. Yeah, but, well, I, I think overall, yeah. it, overall it should happen. I just worry right. about the moral fiber of our <laughs> well, we still have to worry about that. Yeah. But one thing we don't have to worry about is Merv. And Merv, yeah. would you come and tell our listeners how to contact us? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests, are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go real quick. All right, strong moral fiber we have. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, the second segment with Dr. Rand Paul. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. And we have the second installment of our interview with Dr. Rand Paul, mm -hmm. talking about recent developments in the liberty movement, mm -hmm. as we near the conclusion of our uh, inaugural fifth year mm -hmm. in Future Quake. Our 151st episode. Well, it's, it's actually many, many more than that, 151st week of shows. Oh, wow. Yeah, 151st week of original programming yeah. shows. And we've just got... Um, Hopefully many more to come. Is that like uh, like Daniel talked about the weeks of years in Daniel 9? Yeah, it's very similar to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like weeks well, of years. <laughs> this is a lot more cataclysmic. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Gabriel shows up occasionally and talks about a future quake. Oh, really? And it's wow. amazing. I, yeah. I, boy, you get more emails than I'm privy to. Sometimes I fall down as if dead. Well, I, if you ate less White Castle, maybe. Oh, don't bring up White Castle. <laughs> I'm still in mourning. We have our local White Castle yeah. closed. But you know what? There yeah. are ample White Castles in Bowling Green, Kentucky, yes. which is also the home of Dr. Rand Paul, our really? guest, wow. uh, who uh, fixes your eyeballs when they need surgery. Mm. And his dad is Dr. Ron Paul, yes. who is a congressman from uh, Texas, mm -hmm. uh, very successful candidate for president. And he was a flight surgeon in the Air Force. I don't know if you knew oh, no that. Kidding. One of the only, I guess, only two people that ran for president on either side that had military experience. 
Interesting. And, of course, they made him out to be some kind of flake because he didn't yeah. believe in bombing people well, all it's, the time. Well, it's interesting. The one thing that I think that uh, so many people forget nowadays is uh, that, first of all, state law trumps federal, federal law, and except very limited cases, but more, more from a uh, global fi- theological or philosophical position, well, theological position, we're all sort of made out of the same stuff. And by giving somebody a suit and a tie and a moniker and sending him to Washington uh, doesn't make him necessarily uh, the end-all, be-all when it comes to but rulership. in the nanny state mm-hmm. that we have now, those people are the elite that always know best how to spend our money better than we do yes, on was, how to take care of our communities. I, I know. All and those handful of people that go to those elite eastern schools, east we, coast schools. No. We, well, I was going to say, you're exactly right. We elected those purpose people to administer the law. Not to uh, to lord over us in a in a way, shape, or form that imposes their will upon us, mm-hmm. and that is simply not happening here in the United States anymore that I can see. And well, it's really it's pretty sad. I'll tell you a secret that will probably estrange me from a number of our listeners. Uh-huh. This may be the beginning of the end of Future Quake. Great. Uh, and I don't know what I'll think about this in the future, but uh-huh. my inclination is I feel much more comfortable now. Uh, electing or voting for a real dark horse in any of these major offices. Mm-hmm. Um, even if sometimes I may have a few differences with them. Mm-hmm. But if I have good assurances that they have no connections with the wealthy or powerful or insiders in Washington, mm-hmm. even if I have disagreements with them, I feel like the odds are higher that they may make at least some common sense decisions, even though I occasionally disagree with them. I am mostly concerned now about these people's connections and being used by the wealthy and powerful. Well, I That's think, my bigger concern right now than individual issues. Yeah, well, you're never going to find, for me, you're never going to find, I'm never going to find somebody I agree with 100% unless I run. Except me. You agree with me 100%, I'm never going right? to find somebody I agree with 100%. Oh. Uh, maybe Pyro. Uh-huh. Um, but unless I run. Uh, but having said that, you know, you can't, you know, I can't vote myself into every office to be too busy. But there is some sort of a line, I think, that can be drawn uh, where you say, beyond this line, you've crossed over into unelectable territory, this line you can't cross. And I think one of those things would be somebody's connection to uh, both the both to their political connections, if they're career politicians. And the other one, um, more importantly, is do they seem to want to create laws that rob me of my freedoms, you know, such as freedoms of Giving worship. Giving you the right to do what you yeah. should do in your life. Yeah. If they want to if they want to get rid of those laws, then I don't want to vote for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that once people begin to begin to grasp the mindset that we're all sort of made of the same stuff, mm-hmm. um then I think we're going to I think it's much easier to sort of grasp that idea of uh, you know, that person there doesn't know better than I do. Right. You know. Right. Well, believe me, from having talked to some of the staff people when this whole original bailout thing got started, mm-hmm. talking on some of these local officials, you know, in Congress, yeah, I found out that they definitely seem like they know less and are far less informed than we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's scary. It's funny you mention that. Because of course, they don't get to listen to Future Quake all the time, so they're sort of handicapped well, in that you know, respect. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I found the exact same thing actually. I made a couple phone calls to my uh, representative, and I found. Uh, his staff to be maybe I just caught him on an off day or something, but I found him to be 
uh, lacking in key pieces of information over what amounted to be the largest bailout and what I would regard as the largest sort of theft mm-hmm. in history. Well, yeah, it was a generation-defining decision. Yeah. If mm-hmm. not, if not longer, and and we're just totally flippant. Almost everyone never even reads the legislation. Mm-hmm. To me, you ought to automatically, if there is not an opportunity given to read the legislation before you vote, you had to vote no. Yeah. Well, I, and I remember, I remember talking to uh, talking to a person about that on Capitol Hill, and I mentioned that Section Eight of the original bailout proposal uh, basically gives the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, w- you know. Almost unlimited power. You know, whatever mm-hmm. he says goes, and what it, once it happens, it can't be reviewed in a court. Mm-hmm. And I, I raised that, I raised that question to, uh, to, to a person there on Capitol Hill, and he said it doesn't exist. And I said, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a draft copy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Section Eight, page right. six twenty-five of the third draft, or whatever it was. Right. And he said, Well, it doesn't exist. And that's it. And that's it. And I said, what do you mean? It, like in the later things? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah in, the later, in the later ones it doesn't exist. Yeah. I said, well, can I see it? He said, well, we don't have time to send it to you. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I don't know. I, I'll just tell you that uh, my opinion from what mm-hmm. I've learned, and boy, this will really make my act think I'm a terrorist. Um, if, uh, if someone who I'm considering to vote for, I found out is a member of any of these globalist groups like the Council on Foreign Relations, mm-hmm. Club of Rome, Trilateral Commission, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can call me conspiracy theorist, whatever. I am not going to vote for them. They may say a lot of things that I agree with, but I can't risk other people pulling their strings. Sure, sure. Now, they could fool us. They could actually act like some homespun yokel, and you find out there's some insider. Sure, that could happen, mm-hmm. but at least I'll do all my due diligence I can to make sure these guys aren't bought and paid for. You mm-hmm. take a guy like uh, Jesse Ventura, who has many issues like on moral issues that mm-hmm. I would disagree with. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They said that the state would come apart. It would come unglued while he was there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some people didn't like certain things that happened there. Mm-hmm. But the state still exists. Yeah. It's still there sure. in his wake and is gone. He was a complete neophyte, complete outsider. Um, might disagree with the decisions he made. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is I, I strongly doubt some of these powerful globalists in Washington were pulling his strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any mistakes he made were his own. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said for that. Well, there was... Uh, um there was there was a lot of interesting things about that, but I would I would agree with you. You know, I think I think at the end of the day, he had the, the best interests of the people that he was uh, he was voted into office by uh, at heart. They were his own thoughts, not somebody else's. Indeed. Well, we need to get somebody else's thoughts, and that's Dr. Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. We need to have him in uh, and let him share with you a little bit. He's got a sort of a surprise little announcement in here yeah. that I think you'll find very interesting, particularly for all of our Kentucky listeners. Mm-hmm. So with no further ado, here's Dr. Rand Paul talking about recent developments in the Liberty Movement, and then we'll be right back to uh, wrap it all up here on Future Quake. You know, I think it's the same thing, while everybody's right to life, everybody in the Republican Party is also conservative. So I think George Bush, in many ways, destroyed the uh, defining nature of what it would mean to be a conservative, because now it means nothing. Because if George Bush was a fiscal conservative, you know, what would a liberal be? Because the budget went from $5 trillion debt to $10 trillion debt throughout Bush's eight years. He never vetoed a spending bill. And all of his appropriations bills were double and triple what they had been before, and every just about every Republican, other than my father and a handful, voted for all these appropriations. So I, I tell people as I go around Kentucky that I think basically the Republicans have lost their believability 
Mm-hmm. Right. So when, so when Republicans say, oh, Obama, you're spending too much on this stimulus bill, Obama says it, and he's slick. He looks right back at the Republicans, and he points his finger, and he says, you know what? Who are you guys to criticize me for spending when you doubled the deficit? That's right. And he, he's done this on several – and he, po- he points out their hypocrisy, and they – what can they do? They're hypocrites. Well, That's now, why you have, right. you have to get rid of that crop, and I think you have to bring in a new crop of Republican leadership. Yeah, the last few months has been a whole microcosm, I think, of where American politics stand because uh, we've had all these terrible bailouts that have occurred. However, it was under George Bush and his leadership that began and broke the dam with a bailout mm-hmm. of the bankers that started that had the head of the leadership, both Democrat and Republican leaders, both sold it to their rank and file. They right, both well, pushed it on their it. congressional leaders on both sides, which shows that, the, that the, the main leaders of both of these parties are really two sides of the same coin. Right. Well, you look at who came back. I mean, uh, McCain suspended his campaign to come back to vote for the bank bailout. Obama came back and voted for the bank bailout. They were all in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch, McConnell. Yep. M- Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell was did. heavily, now, was, heavy pressure. Yep, our U.S. our other U.S. Senator Jim Bunning did vote against it, so there have been a mm, few courageous right. voices against it. That's right. Uh, so, so you know, then now we have a situation in the Republican Party where you have um, Michael Steele, I believe is his name, mm-hmm. uh, who is who is uh, uh, the head spokesman for the party, uh, making clear that uh, that basically he he doesn't support the pro life cause. Uh, uh, several other issues like that. He has separated himself from rank and file Republicans. So I see a major identity crisis here. And your your father and you and and those uh, around you are the few that still have a ideology that is consistent, that is based upon constitutional principles, that has any kind of potential to rally uh, people who are conservatives or just simply freedom loving people. Right. Well, I think you're exactly right. And you know where we go from here is the real big question. And uh, but I see a lot of positive, you know, at this point because. I see not only the attention my father's getting, but I see sort of the utter disdain that both media and public are having for, you know, many in leadership in both the Republican and Democrat side. And I think people are hungry for something different. The hard part, though, is if you want to run for office in today's world, you've got to raise a lot of money, and it's it's difficult. There are many hurdles to overcome. You know, I've been looking at running for Senator Bunning's seat if he decides not to run. But just uh, the enormous hurdles of the money that needs to be raised and sort of the party establishment that you have to get beyond. Well, I, I want to make sure difficult I, task. I want to make sure I heard this right, uh, Dr. Paul. You you said to our listeners here that that you're seriously considering possibly providing Kentuckians and our listening audience uh, a uh, a choice by running for that Senate seat if if again Senator Bunning elects not to. Yeah, and in fact, I've made that uh, public now, and I've been traveling around Kentucky saying that, and actually we've gotten a pretty good amount of attention. The AP Wire Service has reported it. The Louisville Courier-Journal has reported it. And uh, so we're getting some attention on it, and I think they're giving some credence to our movement because they believe that we could be um, sort of the wild card in the race because they think we may be able to raise the money it takes to become – a prominent enough name. Well, you know, I was hoping we had a scoop here, but evidently you've reinforced the fact that we didn't. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if you announced, if you announced Tom Bionic and I were on your uh, committee, your campaign yeah. committee, that would actually be a scoop we could still get. There so I want to give you, you give you the option yeah, you for that if you'd there like you to. Are, you're, def- you're definitely welcome, and all those from the freedom movement, the limited government, the Christian movement.
movement, the, you name it, we're all, I think, in this together. And the amazing thing about it is there's a huge network out there. You know, I've met a lot of people as I've traveled around the country the last year, and this is a, a growing movement. And they're also a movement that are sort of fed up with being sort of, uh, you know, fed the crumbs of the Republican Party. Um, The Republican Party just takes uh, us for granted. They say, oh, you have no place to go. And whenever they win the Republican nomination, then they run to the left. You know, they become uh, more like the Democrats. You know, one of our politicians here in Kentucky his main uh, campaign promise was that he could get more federal money because he had more seniority than a freshman Democrat would have. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was used to be a great Democratic platform to run on, if I remember yeah. correctly. Well, I was going to make that suggestion to you if I were to come on board the, the Rand Paul party, is that you could raise a lot of money if you would make a lot of promises to special interest groups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them that probably your father's rejected that you could pick up, you know, because yeah, I know my, he rejects my, most uh, of them. My wife is uh, worried I could I could be elected, but I've assured her that I'm not going to promise any federal projects to anybody. <laughs> and I said, consequently, there's no way they'll elect me. And she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of afraid there might be enough people out there that are tired of all that. I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, politics. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Well, I suggest you watch that movie, The Mouse That Roared about the uh, the little micro country that declared war on the United States right. because they thought they could surrender and then get reparations money. <laughs> and the word got out they had a secret weapon, and the United States surrendered to them. So then they had to know what to do. So you might end up in that same situation. Uh, Dr. Paul, I want to just thank you for even being willing to entertain uh, that because I know there's tremendous sacrifices to mm-hmm. you and your family. You have a uh, thriving uh, practice that you have there in, in your career. And uh, I just know there would be lots of sacrifices if you were willing to do this on behalf of your citizens. Uh, it sounds like that sort of runs in the family, that kind of spirit. And um, it would it would certainly be a wonderful thing for uh, all of our brothers and sisters in Kentucky to have that option. I'm a little envious of them and that, that, that they have that potential opportunity. Has Senator Bunning commented at all about uh, your potential of, uh, of doing that, if you all have been in any kind of communications or even in the press? Only through the press, he had uh, told an AP reporter that he'd be willing to meet with me, but uh, my phone has not been ringing. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I think he probably thinks that he doesn't uh, need to cater to the, you know, the limited government party. I mean, he's done pretty, the limited government wing of our party. I don't know. Or maybe he just hasn't gotten around to it. We'll see if he ends up making any phone calls to Mm -hmm. me or not. And, uh, you know, I, I still talk to Republicans on a daily basis who still say it's 50-50 that he'll, in a few months, decide not to run. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why I'm still traveling the state and acting as if I'm running without announcing that I'm running because um, it takes, you know, a long time to develop name recognition, but it also would take a full year of fundraising mm-hmm. to get the money needed. I mean, I would probably have yeah. to raise a minimum of a million, but probably two million in order to uh, be competitive. Mm-hmm. So just if everyone in our audience sends you 50 cents, that should put you over the top then. That ought to do it. That <laughs> ought to do it. Now what it takes is is because we don't get the $5,000 contributions. We're, we're looking for 50 and $100 at a time. Mm-hmm. It takes everybody, like in your audience and everybody else's audience, to get together and get a buzz going on the Internet, and we hope we could raise that money. I, I really, you know, I have I meet people out there on the campaign trail, and they all still remember the money bombs from my dad, and they say, oh, yeah. we'll do it for you, we'll do it. But, uh, you know, we'll see, and I think it's a, it'll be a winnable race, and that's why I only want to do it if Bunning steps down, because mm-hmm. 
I don't want to ask people for money or spend a year or two of my life for something that's not winnable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only yeah. going to do it, and if I do throw my hat in the ring, it's because I believe I have a viable chance of winning. doesn't mean I'll win, but it does mean that I believe that I can win and that other people believe I can win. And then I'm going to go all out for it and see what, what happens. Well, there's a biblical principle here uh, of laying out a fleece. And if the fleece is wet, then that may be a sign for God, uh, you know, that he has some different plans for you. So I think you've got a scenario like that that uh, you have a barometer to be able to see whether it, it may be intended for you to take that particular action. Um, in, in conclusion, because I know we need to let you go, you have some other family issues to, to deal with here. Um, for for, for our, our listeners in Kentucky, but all of us here, particularly those of the evangelical community that we reach, uh, any last words you'd like to share about how they can keep up with what happens here, your decision, how they can stay in contact with what you're doing, support you if possible, or anything else food for thought that they need to keep in mind? Well, there's a couple different websites that uh, tend to put on a lot of things about uh, my potential for running. One of them is called Daily Paul, D-A-I-L-Y, Paul.com. And then also the Campaign for Liberty uh, website tends to put things on also. I have a little bit of influence there. And uh, those are two main websites to do it. And then actually a group out of California, and I have no connection to this website, but I have seen this website. It's called rand2010.com, and it's a very professionally done, uh, looks like a campaign website, but it's not mine, and it's just something that some people out of California have already put up. And that's funded by uh, the Rand Corporation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now if I had funding by the Rand Corporation, I think I'd have it made. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate you all having me on. If you have any press releases um, with announcements like this, we'd be glad to put it at the futurequake.com website. And we have a a strong national audience now, an international audience. But we reach about 60 miles uh, inside of Kentucky with our signal uh, as well as the Internet. And uh, we'd we'd like to keep people uh, uh, apprised of it. Any last thing we can do to address this MIAC issue that you recommend we we do to help stop this? I think the more phone calls and letters they get, the better. And uh, just tell everybody to keep them polite and let them know that we aren't, uh, you know, people running around wanting to uh, uh, commit violence. We're people that uh, believe in such radical notions as the con. Mm-hmm. But I would I would uh, pester the people by calling them and writing them as much as we can so they know that we're unhappy with what they're doing. Well, God bless you for coming here. You know, we're less than an hour away from you, so if you need uh, Dr. Future and Tom Bionic to help your prestige up there yeah. with an on-site visit, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll hop right in the future mobile and we'll be right there, okay? All right, be, thanks and, and, tell you, and tell your dad that uh, when in some of his free time is downtown that uh, we'd love to have him on. That we would be willing to have him on as well, too. All right, I appreciate that. God, God, God bless you and the entire Paul family. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, no stranger to the Constitution or controversy or anything else. Bionic. Okay. Man, that must be a lot of pressure. You had you know, the whole second half of that interview to come up with the third item. Yeah. Paul, no stranger to uh, hard times, Bionic. There was Paul, no stranger to, or Mike, Tom, Bill. Uh, what is my name? I think you've had like a nervous breakdown over there. Anything but Sue. Okay. I'm losing uh, my mind. Let's get back to our discussion here. Indeed. Indeed. About, uh, I'd like to ask you what you think is going to come up, come of the whole Campaign for Liberty movement. Uh, well, do you think it's going to maintain its steam? Do you think with the election over, it's going to 
It's going to fizzle out. You think it's going to grow? What do you think? Well, it's interesting. It has. It, it bears all the hallmarks of a good idea. Like, a, and I don't. When I don't mean, I don't mean a good idea. Like, hey, maybe maybe I should eat at Wendy's instead of mm-hmm. you know this other place or something. Yeah. It bears all the hallmarks of something that really strikes people as true and honest and uniting and galvanizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my impression is that it's going to continue to grow, and I think that thus far. In, the, it, in its short amount of history here, it's really borne that out. More and more people are waking up and going, this is a problem. I think there are really there are real, real issues here. I think that bailout really changed a lot of people's minds on uh, who serves and how they serve, and mm-hmm. their level of trust, the overall level of trust of the government has been sort of knocked down a notch. Will the people even care enough to go see how their person voted? I mean, you know, a majority of people voted for the winning presidential candidate because they liked the way his looked or his style or he used that word change. That was their criteria hope. they used. Mm-hmm. So do we really have hope? I mean, there is an active minority that's waking up mm-hmm. of people, but do, are those other people getting it? Do you think they're going to come say, oh, I made a terrible mistake? Well, there is always, there is always, I've noticed it in all sorts of things. There seems to be four or five phases of uh, new ideas, how they filter through uh, society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, you have the people who are right on the very fringe, you know, who pick up some sort of new good idea. And either they're very smart or really outside the box or whatever. They get right. the idea and they go, wow, that's it. This is it. And yeah. nobody believes them. And for the longest time, it takes, you know, uh, sometimes six months, sometimes decades. Yeah. Uh, where they're out there, you know, lonely battleground talking about stuff. Uh, and then, you know, bit by bit, they build this crew uh, until it gets to this point where they're sort of, you know, then you reach the next level where yeah. somebody semi-mainstream sort of picks up the idea and goes, wait a minute, this thing here, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And they're still... And they're the ones who get credit for it, not the people who started it. No, no. I know. Yeah, and then, but, it, then it begins, from that point on, it right. sort of begins to filter through society. I'll tell you one thing that I think is disturbing to the powers that be mm-hmm. is these tax revolt meetings. I was just going to bring that which up. Which I don't hear much about the announcements on them. It's, mm-hmm. It must be just word of mouth. Didn't they have but one out many in California thousands, recently? Yeah, they just had 5,000. Where was it? Was it Florida? Where was it? But they've had like 15,000 show up at some of these yeah. and others. I think that's really got the authorities worried that the natives are getting restless and yeah. the the word is up on uh, on what they're doing and that's why they're sending down word through groups like MIAC mm-hmm. to uh, control these people maybe intimidate them maybe spook them a little bit. Well, it's interesting. There seems to be this. There's always seems to be this high covariance to uh, uh, the the less fringe the idea of of, of mm-hmm. limited government and state government becomes, the more we're seeing uh, increased pressure. To, to sort of erode the very base freedoms of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution in general, you know? Well, you know what I wonder? What you were talking about earlier about how people come up with these ideas and they have to germinate for a long time. Mm-hmm. Somebody has, Do you think that's going to happen with Future Quake? That one day people will just realize how brilliant we are, but we'll already be locked up somewhere or yeah, incarcerated I think, or yeah, institutionalized? I, I think ours is the, uh, ours is the uh, a road very similar to Nikolai Kondratiev, uh that's what up, I was thinking. Who came up with this great idea about long waves, and then uh, uh, people, a few people started getting into it, and then somehow it filtered up to the government, and then they said, oh, we don't like this. It's time for you to go into jail. Yeah. And then, uh, so there we go. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully we'll be mentioned along with the great names like Tesla and yeah. Bionic and Future, you know, <laughs> together. But I'll tell you another great person who uh, who will keep our legacy, and that's uh, our good friend Merv. Yeah. Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us here at Future Future Quake Radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got like 10 seconds or less. I can't think of anything. Okay, we hope you enjoyed this week uh, the challenging gentleman who came on our show. Tomorrow's Tomorrow's Tremors. We've got a whole new kettle of fish to talk about there and some great announcements. So yeah. till then, we hope your future is very bright and have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, his mighty effervescentness, bionic. That's been your most consistent middle name so far, I've noticed. I know. I know. Things, uh, well, it's interesting that our, our, our buddies there at the World of Prophecy are now uh, starting to call me Thomas, his fizziness, bionic. It's catching on, in yes. other words. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is the Future Quake Show, and uh, this is Friday uh, of our... Uh, Weekly sh- or daily shows that we have during the week. And, and what day is that? It is tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's news. Oh, you're awesome. I am one for one. You are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Complete. Of course, I wrote it. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be with you. It's great to be with all of our Christian brothers and sisters and anybody else who stops by to drop in to uh, be entertained with some of our information that we cover here from a biblical worldview. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely the kind of information you'll hear on a lot of Christian radio shows, and that's what we intend to be, to um, be for for those who have ears to hear, to hear at our show. Well, they yeah. certainly it certainly wouldn't have any do any good if they had uh, eyes to see because we're on the radio. Yeah, I guess that would impact yeah. it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's true. Which, as far as I'm concerned, it'd probably be better if they didn't have <laughs> eyes to see. With a face made for radio, uh-huh. they stormed the castle. But you're gonna uh, you'll, you'll hear things on the Future Quake show if you're new to us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, will cause you to challenge your thinking, challenges all of our thinking. Mm-hmm. And our news stories that we do on Fridays are no different. That's true. And we certainly had some challenges this week. We had uh, Chuck Baldwin, who was the, uh, he's not only a Baptist pastor currently in Pensacola, mm-hmm. but was the 2008 Constitution Party mm-hmm. uh, nominee, presidential nominee. Indeed. And we had Dr. Rand Paul, who's the son of Dr. Ron Paul, mm-hmm. uh, both his father and uh, Dr. Baldwin, as well as Bob Barr, were mentioned in the MIAC report. Not to yes. be the dead horse here, but uh, they were they and their followers were targeted as potential terrorist sub- suspects mm-hmm. and malicious sympathizers. Yeah. And and anybody who was anti-abortion. Anti-abortion, anybody. if you were against illegal immigration, yeah. pro pro Second Amendment. Yeah. All those horrible people, extremist people out there. They were all. I hope none of those people are listening to our show. I'd hate to think of any of those extremist people out. Some yeah. shack somewhere. Well, hey, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's people believe much in a constitution. Like, that makes me like a terrorist cubed. I mean, yeah. Well, do you think that would have made like George Washington and Benjamin Franklin would they would have been extremists that 
what had been watched. Well, um, the English would have certainly said yeah, so. Yeah, the, the Tories, the Tories <laughs> would have. The Redcoats. Yeah. Well, it was it was quite a week, and I appreciate those gentlemen for making time for their very busy schedule for our humble show. But this is the day we review news stories. Yes. Indeed. And uh, you you said a hey out to our World of Prophecy website people. I did indeed. Um, That's kind of the big news story around here. Mm-hmm. We have a, uh, if you go to worldofprophecy.com, it's an independent group of brethren, brothers and sisters in the Lord, mm-hmm. who like to talk about world events and Bible prophecy from a biblical worldview. Um, they entertain a lot of very unique thoughts within that biblical framework and uh, a very uh, knowledgeable and intelligent group of folk. So obviously they like Future Quake then. Oh, I they, know. They have it's, the right demographic. They've even went so far, actually, as uh, no accounting for taste, but they've even went so far as to actually start a dis- Future Quake discussion group. Right. And, and first of all, for any of you listeners who have questions about our show, and, and I'd be shocked if you didn't, uh, <laughs> first drop us an email uh, at drfuturefuturequake.com, and uh, uh, Merv will tell you at the end of the show how to do that. But second... Secondly, if you'd like to talk with other listeners, mm-hmm. go to the World of Prophecy website. Yeah. Um, anything else to announce yet? Or uh, Yeah, well, we'll make the announcement. The uh, 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 Merv has actually been helping me. And uh, really? we finally got the futurequakeradio.blogspot.com site up now. So now we have... Now say that again for our listeners. I have, understand what it is. Uh, I'm glad you're, glad you're stopping me because I've been fooling with it all night last night, and I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we now, Future Quake now has expanded content, actually, at futurequakeradio.blogspot.com. It's going to feature mm-hmm. uh, a weekly article and... Uh, well, now, now, let me say, this mm-hmm. is a, to give you proper due, this is a, a full involvement product project of our own Tom Bionic. This has been your baby you've been doing. I can't take any credit for it. Well, I am using your name. <laughs> you are. Well, it's Future Quake, and you're Dr. Yeah, Future. Right? I know, but you're uh, part of the Future Quake family here, Well, which comprises like two and a half or so. Yeah. 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 Well, I, there you go. So, But I just want you to, you know, you put a tremendous amount of work into it. You always praise me well, for thank Future you. Quake, but that. this has been your baby. You've done from scratch. Well, I would, I would love our listeners to go over there and take a look at it. Uh, there'll be, you know, there's already a couple articles up. Um, you know, talk a little bit about Patrick mm-hmm. Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, there, by the time this airs, there'll be one up uh, examining Romans 13. But if you like, if you like uh, the Tom Bionic view of the world, uh, would like to hear more from from Brother Tom on here. If you'd like to uh, find out more about what he's thinking, it's a great forum because mm-hmm. you're putting a lot of your time in putting your two cents, two and three part, cents, right there. Part of the expanding media empire. There we go. The if, future Quake Armada. Uh-huh. In fact, I've been <laughs> I've been hearing uh, Rockefellers calling us. They'd like to do some partnerships with us. Because we've now become a major media force. Really? Maybe some financial investments, yeah. Well, uh, I said it makes sense because they're mentioned on just about every show. I, you know, I was going to say, I mean, it's they get tons of free advertising from us. Yeah, it's exactly they right. They get tons of mm-hmm. free advertising. Mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, try to look at us at a buyout mm-hmm. uh, kind of situation. You know. Oh, great. <laughs> but until that day happens, uh, here's a source for independent Christian thinking right mm-hmm. here at futurequake.com. Mm-hmm. And I promise you there's something to offend everyone. This, not intentionally, not but just because uh, we we try to challenge our way of thinking mm-hmm. and views and bring in very diverse viewpoints. Uh, we on a lot of Christian shows, we end up becoming a lot of yes men and yes women, and we never really yeah. challenge our presuppositions. Well, I'd like to think that we take, um, you know, what the whole idea, the basic preface of you know Samuel, what Samuel was talking about when he was dictating to the, uh, the Israelites about. 
how they shouldn't have a king and all this other stuff. We try mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, take our orders directly from the Lord and not from... Uh, uh, That's why people else. should never, ever challenge our opinions, because we take yeah. our orders directly from there. Directly from the Lord. Just I get, kidding. I Just get kidding. a thing in the mail each morning. <laughs> Is saying, that right? You know, yeah. No, seriously, one thing we do uh, agree on for, for our new listeners is our commitment to God's Word and a commitment to the, the final authority being God's Word. That's for sure. Now, we may have a lot of different views on how to put it all together and, and have an overall understanding of some particular issues or things, and that's mm-hmm. normal, but we discuss it in a respectful tone, mm-hmm. and uh, we try to challenge and think of other kind of ways to look at it from different Parts of the Christian experience, indeed, and so that's that's well, all that's, fair game. Just come with it. your thinking cap on. Yeah. That's really the only requirement. And if it doesn't work out, we uh, have a sword fight off here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that has happened. <laughs> yeah, we we put on our uh, our, our outfits, our little fencing, yep. little little uh, pyro officiates. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Do, you, do you have a story for us? I know I'm I'm just droning Rat- on. You're rattling on. Jeez, come on, I'm rattling on. Uh, I do have one here for us, real quickly. Uh, C- does it mention Rockefeller anywhere in no, it? No, but it does mention the CFR. Okay, that's a good a, surrogate. It's a very, very close okay. second on okay. our program. Uh, the CFR on planetary no. bioengineering. Okay, CFR being? The Council on Foreign Relations. Okay. Um, this is actually an excerpt from uh, a paper that was written. Uh, it's, a, it's a workshop, uh, uh, a white working paper that they were talking about, different ideas of geoengineering uh, on a planetary scale. Okay, and uh, uh, we'll we'll get to we'll get to my possible interpretation of this okay. in a minute. But among all geoengineering schemes, those currently considered most feasible involve increasing the planetary albedo, that is, reflecting more sunlight back into space before it can be absorbed. There are a number of different methods that could be used to increase the planet's reflectivity. Uh, number one is adding more more small reflecting particles into the upper atmosphere. Um, which is located the area between 15 and 50 yeah. kilometers above the Earth's surface, adding more clouds in the lower part of the atmosphere, various kinds of reflecting objects, and changing large portions of the planet's land cover from from things that are dark, such as such as trees, and th- to things that are light, such as uh, snow or grass. Um, so, why did I read that? I'll ask you. Uh, let me guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sure sounds a whole lot like all these conspiracy theories. People are talking about chemtrails or airplanes with stuff going out of the back of airplanes that people are saying are nuts. That suddenly when they go across the sky, uh, they they start getting real cloudy. They crisscross and then they spread out and mm-hmm. then it gets real overcast. And people have actually found residue that has settled out of the sky mm-hmm. afterwards and things like that. Could that possibly be any kind of official admission that something has been going on? Well, it certainly sounds like it. But the thing that I find even more interesting is one of the things we covered several months ago here on Future Quake was the idea that a lot of these planetary scientists were talking about the need to blot out the sun, to darken the sun, to uh, change the temperature, hmm. which, of course, is right there in uh, Revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The sixth yeah. Seal. God will personally take care of that at the sixth seal. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, it, well, and then one time he'll just diminish it later on when only a third of it is goes That's true. Out. That's so, true. Uh, he, he it turns blood red mm-hmm. and it gets real well, dark the moon, like sackcloth. Yeah, the moon does. Yeah. Right, and then and then later on a third of it later on does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I there'll just, be there'll be probably more worse stuff than climate change going on in the last seven years on the planet. One would assume so if if you were to bother to read the Book of Revelation. Yeah, you know, there's some pretty heavy stuff in there. Yeah, it'd probably be like too late to recycle. At that state, 
It could be. Or rinse out bottles it when be. it hits that part. Once the grief some sore, the grief some sores pop on everybody. Not <laughs> Did to be you recycle that can. Not not to be make light of that, but, but you're right. Yeah. Meanwhile, it, you're running from the from the locust things. You know the, the, these thoughts. Just to try to bring it back to semi seriousness, mm-hmm. these thoughts were stuff that people thought could only be of people's fantasy or imagination. Mm-hmm. That an entire large heavenly body like that could have that effect on the earth, but now they're talking about the capability even artificially to be able to do this stuff. Well, you know what's really interesting is. Uh, uh, well, at least I think it's interesting, and hopefully you and our listeners do too. But in like 1500, you know, a lot of theologians sort of tossed about the idea of throwing the Book of Revelation out of the Bible because really? it didn't make any sense. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a yeah. serious thing. But they thought, you know, this doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'd be better if it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting is that um, some of the uh, the religious groups, ecumenical or Ecclesiastical religious groups that mm-hmm. sure sound like they're talked about in Revelation mm-hmm. were really raging at that time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you had a rise of the banker class at that time that sure mm-hmm. sounds like they're talked about. So I could see a lot of motives why they wouldn't want that to be read. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, yeah. Well, the point I was going to make was that it didn't make any sense like 1,500, well, 500 years ago. But now it's like mm-hmm. you can look and read through all of these things and suddenly all of these things are possible. Right. You know. Seeing uh, the abomination of desolation, everybody in the whole world seeing it at once. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll never forget that great theologian George Pember who wrote his prophecy stuff in the middle to late half of the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And he wrote about the great city Babylon, and he, yeah. he described it sort of as a economic commerce city that never sleeps. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it may, it may do so much activity that they may be using newfangled invention called incandescent light bulbs. And they may actually be able to keep their lights on all day and night. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a guy who could really see the future. He was a very interesting cat. That's George true. Pember. For anybody I could recommend out there. Yeah. Of course, his book, Earth's Earliest Ages, is a classic. It's mm-hmm. one of the most important books I ever read. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if he were alive today, he'd be one of the first guys I'd want to have on the show. Yeah. Well, if he were alive today, there'd be something very serious going on. Well, true. <laughs> Well, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise. I don't know if we'll have a brief moment to interview him before the rest of yeah. us are caught up this or not. This is the last show of Future Quake on the phone. We <laughs> have be uh, George Pember. We've got Moses. We've got, you know, George Pember, Abimelech. Jimi Hendrix. Uh-huh. <laughs> well. No. I, I, I hope he's there, you know. Who knows? Yeah, not I, to judge. I, I'm not. I'm just saying yeah. it be interesting guy. Anything else the CFR is doing for us there? Uh, well, that's kind of the big thrust of it. We could go, we could go on. There's some more stuff. But basically, okay. they're adding... Uh, Tell us your reference again there, please. That is actually the geoengineering. It's called geoengineering. It's a workshop on unitary, unilateral, excuse me, unilateral planetary scale geoengineering. Uh, and that is right there on the CFR website. Oh, on the CFR website. Yeah, so oh. you have to go You have to go to, uh, go to the CFR website. Dot org, uh, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, type in geoengineering uh, colon workshop on unitary planetary scale geoengineering. And you'll download a huge PDF that I was... Mm-hmm. I was thumbing through about 4.30 this morning, and I thought, wow, that's so, weird. out of one side of their mouth, they talk about people talking about this stuff, that they're crazy conspiracy mm-hmm. theorists. On the other side of it, they're having meetings that are even being published saying yeah. that they're recommending it. Yeah, if I could if I could be so bold as to in, interpret the general message, uh, don't, don't believe any of those crazy conspiracy theories. They're wrong, and you're, you're crazy if you believe them. Here is your chip to put in your arm. 
Don't believe the crazy <laughs> conspiracy theories. Right. Here's the stuff we're going to use to darken the sun. Just don't watch TV. Don't believe any conspiracy theories. Just don't, watch TV. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Don't you're pay attention to the guy. You're a terrorist if you do. Yeah. And, and on and on and on. Yeah, if you go to CFR.org, you'll probably see pictures of uh, Tom and I there with Rockefellers and others. What, like Some of our last meetings we've had there. Oh. You didn't go to the meetings? No, I was, I was, uh, they, they wouldn't let me through security. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I was thinking of Council on National Policy. I get the two confused. <laughs> well, talking of controversy, I have a controversial story. All right. This ought to lose three quarters of our audience. All right. I would think. There so, unless they will give special grace to me. Um, and in fact, what makes it even worse is I got this, uh, although this is being talked about numerous places on the web, and you, you can type in some keywords and find it from various places. I found one at the last minute for our show off a blog that, that had a good summary of it, and in trimming it up, I accidentally truncated the blog site. So you'll just have to look this up. Mm-hmm. It's a Modern Militia Movement Report written with ADL assistance, uh, ADL being the Anti-Defamation League. Um, oh, holy cow, I heard about this. Yeah. Now, this is talked about uh, numerous places on the web, and I'm just going to put this information out there for you all to do your own research. And uh, this may be extremely disturbing to a lot of people. Uh, the Modern Militia Movement, a report written by Missouri Law Enforcement, which lists support for Ron Paul, Chuck Baldwin, and Bob Barr for president as a sign of involvement in the militia movement, is very troubling. While the report has drawn much criticism, little attention has been paid to where Missouri law enforcement got their information from. Uh, this is the blogger talking. My immediate mm-hmm. suspicion was that the report was written with the help of either the Southern Poverty Law Center or the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, minimal Internet detective work has shown that my suspicion was correct and that the report was written with the assistance of the latter group. And this has also been wow. identified by other people online, too. Uh, while the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith purports to be a Jewish civil rights organization. In reality, the ADL is a left-wing advocacy group which conducts extensive surveillance on individuals and groups across the political spectrum. And which will, this will probably Holy get us cow. to be watched if we're not being watched already. Well. So, um, the San Francisco District Attorney accused the ADL of conducting a national spy network after a 1993 raid on the organization's San Francisco offices uncovered computer files, including stolen confidential police documents containing personal information on 9,876 individuals and more than 950 groups. Uh, Noam Chomsky uh, decried the ADL's Stalinist-style mentality and behavior. Uh, now, he's, he tends to be more left, independent left voice. Sure. Calling someone else a Stalinist is very interesting. Yeah. Um, after a de- detailed 150-page report on his activities on Noam Chomsky uh, was leaked to him by someone within the group. So wait, um, let me get this straight. The ADL has has helped write a report. Uh, well, it's claimed in here, okay, and it's claimed here and elsewhere on the web. Okay. Uh, and I've heard various levels of smoking gun evidence. Wow. Uh, some people have just said that they found the actual verbatim type information from their website that was actually found in the report. Wow. Uh, this and has also been claimed by the Southern Poverty Law Center. So we'll, we'll, I just want to caution our listeners, do your own research. We'll, we will try to get wow. more hardcore. And so this is, and, and, and this, the ADL is the same group that uh, uh, has published a 150-page report on Noam Chomsky and has like 10,000 files on, mm-hmm. and almost 10,000 files. Right, and the San Francisco District Attorney found this out, that they had a spy network. Wow. All right. Uh, while the ADL denies engaging in legal activities, uh, they boast of their nationwide fact-finding infrastructure. According to their website at ADL.org, 
Uh, they specialize in gathering, analyzing, and disseminating intelligence on extremism to law enforcement agencies in order for them to combat serious threats. Uh, the ADL regularly conducts extremism training classes for law enforcement where they instruct officers on extremist ideologies ensure effective investigation and prosecuting techniques to combat the ideologies. According to the ADL's website, an extremism training class for Missouri law enforcement was held in Arnold, Missouri in March 2008, in which officers from 25 different agencies heard lectures from ADL experts on right-wing extremism. It's likely that documentation provided to law enforcement officers at this meeting was the basis for the Modern Militia Movement Report, written by Missouri Law Enforcement. Wow. Almost the entire Missouri report is composed of uh, cursorily reworded documents publicly available on ADL's website. The first similarity I noticed was one below. See if you can spot the similarities between the two selections. Um, uh, under the underground groups in the Missouri report, it says that these groups primarily adhere to principles of Lewis Beam's philosophy of leaderless resistance. This philosophy advocates small autonomous cells driven by ideology rather than by the direction of leaders. These groups are difficult to gather intelligence on as no one outside of the cell would be aware of the organization or its plans. Individuals uh, or uh, one wolves uh, have been known to adhere to principles of leaderless resistance in order to perform a plot acts of violence. Now here is the section from the ADL that on their own writing on it. It says uh, from the ADL, Beam called for an overhaul of the movement's tactics. He advocated the formation of small autonomous underground groups driven by ideology rather than the direction of leaders and membership organizations. Uh, because those outside the cell will not be aware of planned attacks, Beam explained, leaks or infiltration became far less likely. Um, but it, uh, this person says, in fact, nearly the entire Missouri document is a rewording of documents available on the ADL's website. Uh, and Simon Jester, a poster at the Connect Missouri Forum, discovered that the entire section of, on the Christian identity movement in the Missouri report was copied nearly verbatim uh, from an ADL source. The one exception seems to be a section of the Missouri report on political paraphernalia that mentions Paul Barr and Baldwin. The ADL has previously branded Ron Paul a far-right conservative uh, with extremist views on taxes, but there's nothing on their website associating him with the militia movement. Also, a search of the ADL's website returns no matches for Chuck Baldwin or Campaign for Liberty. Hmm. The, I'm just almost down here. The rest of the Missouri document was based on information provided by the ADL. You can be sure the section on Paul Barr and Baldwin was as well. Uh, so they're assuming ADL is monitoring Ron Paul's activities in the campaign for uh, for liberty. Mm. So uh, anyway, it says uh, ADL has been in the forefront of national state efforts to pass hate crimes legislation. To date, 45 states in the District of Columbia have statutes for bias crimes, many which would have been based uh, on ADL's model originally drafted uh, in 1981. Uh, David Ray Richardson Hate Crimes Prevention Act of 2009, H H.R. 262, which could pass Congress this session, will conduct a Federal Hate Crimes Command Center in Washington, D.C. with an annual cost of $10 million to taxpayers. Wow. This command center will not be run by the federal government, but by the ADL. Uh, Ron Paul and the Campaign for Liberty should aggressively combat the ADL in this latest hate crimes bill. Wow. So there you go. Um, I'll just wow. suggest to our listeners do their own research as we will further. Um, and I'd love to have somebody on from the ADL to give their opinion and yeah, to, refute to be fair. Um, but uh, that's the information. And I've heard a lot of other Christian brothers uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, talk about hate crimes legislation and how it's being targeted for Christians in the future, wow. particularly because we say things that certain behavior is sinful, uh, you know, whether it be about gays or other kind of things mm-hmm. or certain opinions about pro-life, mm-hmm. and that will be considered hate crime uh, people. I've just accepted it. Not just the guys with guns and, you know, camouflage yeah. running out in the woods. Anti-abortion, pro-constitution, you're a terrorist. You sort of see it all coming together. No, you're a terrorist. Right now. I'm a terrorist, you're a terrorist. I'm sorry, I took a lot of our time That's here. Okay. We're last... Well, you know. You got a little two-minute summary? Uh, here we go, though. 500 billion fraud on the people of the world. Okay. <clears throat> the run-up in the oil price last uh, last summer to $147 per barrel seemed rather relentless at the time. But when it did peak, momentum turned rather suddenly. Interestingly, man, I don't know what's going on with me today. The peak also coincided with the blow-up of energy firm SEM Group. Some analysts, like Stefan Skork of the Skork Report, made the uncanny, quote-unquote, connection at the time. But on the whole, the market viewed SEM's demise as only contributing to the rally in prices, not actually causing the epic final blowout. A hard-hitting analysis of the situation by Forbes, however, now dares to suggest a much closer connection between SEM Group, the oil price rally, and certain major investment banks, specifically Goldman Sachs, <laughs> who are the biggest proponents of the theory that oil actually that oil could actually keep charging as high as $200 per barrel. As Forbes writes, but now some of the people involved involved in cleaning up the financial mess are suggesting that SEM Group's collapse was more than just bad judgment and worse timing. There is evidence of a malviolent hand at work oil price manipulation by traders orchestrating a short squeeze to push up the price of West Texas intermediate crude to the point that it would generate fatal losses in some groups' accounts. Okay. Well, we're just about going to have to wrap things up. Can yeah. you summarize the significance of that? Um, everybody got together to bankrupt this uh, corporation, and um, basically it made the world pay $500 billion uh, to overpay for crude oil. Wow. Yeah. And that money went into the coffers of uh, the big uh, the big banks, Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs, specifically Goldman Sachs. Uh, but there's evidence that both Merrill Lynch and uh, Citi also participated in this whole thing. You know, I, if you don't mind, if you oblige me here, if we come to the end, I'd like to mention that our guest next week is going to be G. Everett Griffin Ooh, from the Creature wow. on Jekyll Island. And if people think that we're picking on the bank, <laughs> if, if people think we're picking on the bankers too much, uh, they're going to find a good reason. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, you'll have a completely different worldview after that. Yeah. But speaking of different worldview, we're going to bring Merv in. Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how they can give us hopefully some kind feedback and let them know how they can contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, let's wrap up time. Well, let's get out of here. It's been a great time. Sorry Woo! time goes so quickly. Well, what can you do? Um, but these stories are important. Yes, they are. Uh, keep sending us your feedback, things or issues you yep. think are important to you. Visit we World hope to keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. yeah, go to World of Prophecy. Go to your blog. Yeah, Future FutureQuakeRadio.blogspot.com. Future uh-huh. And say hi to... Uh, 
Mr. Bionic, and I'll try to drop in there, too. Till then, until next week, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake. Quake.